Hello and welcome back to the Kowski cast. I'm Mary Kowski and this week we are back for part four of the Survivor season eight look back aka Matt and Mary love Survivor All-Stars too much. This is part four of our full rewatch of Survivor All-Stars. Throughout the series we've covered the first 14 episodes of the show, everything from the initial three tribes down to the dissolving of Saboga, the tribe swap that only lasted one episode, and the merge. In this part we will finally cover the final three boots of the season, final tribal council, and and the very memorable finale reunion show and America's Tribal Council. So got a lot to get to here in this, but we hope you're all ready to do some nice listening, discuss a lot of things, particularly this final Tribal Council, which I think goes a little bit differently than maybe some of us initially thought on our first watch. Now to bring in my terrific partner for this series, Matt Ligori. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Mary. Happy to be here. Didn't think I'd have this much fun recording the podcast, but I am. That was terrible. Is that supposed to be Boston Rob? Because it was a little more Rupert. <laughs> I guess it was a mix. I don't know. I was like, you know what? Uh, this is going to be terrible, but I'm going to go for it anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's probably one of the worst. It might be even slightly worse than my Boston Rob, but I'm not going to do that right now because uh, I don't you have just, to. You just it's have to podcast. talk really low and talk like really quiet. Like you, you can't use more than like 30% of your mouth. Yeah, he, uh, he has a little bit of tiny mouth syndrome in this when he it talks. Just, yeah, everything is just so like down. He's like talking down to his crotch and just kind of like letting it's it just and like especially towards the end of this episode where he's just like depressed the entire tribal council uh that's all you get out of him it really does take a turn in that final tribal council oh okay everyone (laughs) i I guess i see what i did here yeah so we we do have a lot of boston rob and you know a couple others to cover today so excited that we're back here for this final part it's been fun so far and uh we'll have a good time wrapping it up yeah yeah so let's go ahead and jump in just since we have a lot going on. Let's start with episode 15, The Instigator from May 6, 2004. It's day 34. We previously voted out the last remaining person who was not at any point on the Shapira tribe. So we're down left, just Rob, Amber, Jenna, Rupert, and Big Tom. I don't know how true that is. What do you mean? You don't that know how Shein was not at any point on the Shapira tribe? Okay. The tribe stop swap notwithstanding, because she wasn't on any kind of Shapira tribe that included any members of Shapira besides Amber. Well, for sure, but she definitely was on a Shapira tribe at one point. Mm, this is a technicality. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. I, I don't know. There was at least three days in the game where Shein was wearing a buff that had Shapira on it. Okay. She was never a person who initially started Okay, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's that's true. Okay, th- this just got complicated. Either way, we're down to, th- there are no remaining members of original Mogo Mogo. Mogo Mogo, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There, that's, that's that's the most I can do. There that's are cool. members who were at one point on a tribe called Mogo Mogo, but that doesn't count. <laughs> anyway, Rob finds it hard to understand Big Tom. And I don't know why it took 34 days for us to get to this point. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the fact that maybe he's been so quiet in general. Like, the only times that he's on the show is when we are not supposed to understand what he's saying. So now that it's, like, at a point where we need to assess Tom as a player because something might happen in terms of Tom's game, it's like, all right, so just to catch everybody up at home, nobody has understood Tom for the past 34 days at all. I see what you're saying, and I wonder, do you think that Tom was under-edited in this show, in this season? I think 
compared to, I mean, he wasn't the biggest character on Africa, but he definitely had a bit for being, you know, part of the the three guys with Lex and Ethan. And he also had a lot of character moments with, you know, oh, I'm, I'm Big Tom. I'm just from Virginia and I haven't seen anything. And we got a lot less of that this time around. So I wonder if he just, yeah, what, do you think he was underutilized by the editors? Um, I would say I don't think so. I, I think, uh, especially in the pre-merge, he got a lot out of uh, the Tom and Sue stuff where they were just going at each other for a while. So, you know, they used him a lot in that aspect. And then towards like the middle of the game, it was really not so much about him when Lex was taking out all of those guys on the sh- uh, on the Mogo Mogo side. And what am I trying to get at? Oh, and then the tribe swap happened and he was really not involved in that. So while he was like not involved in the stuff that was directly going on in the game, they kind of didn't use him. It was only like the character moments. And then uh, they get some good stuff out of him later in the game, particularly in this episode where he tries to play the game a little bit and it's just very tough to watch. I just can't even imagine being like somebody like that new Tom personally. Not that there's anything like completely terrible. It's just like watching him try to play the game around even people like Robin, Amber, and Jenna kind of know what they're doing. But like even Rupert is like running circles around Tom at this point. Yeah. And I wonder if some of it just has to do with the fact that he can't have it both ways. You can't try to play the game and also try to play the underdog who's not playing the game at the same time. Mm -hmm. And since he has spent so much time being that pawn, that swing vote, that, you know, pony ride, it's not, it's not, he's not able to turn it around at this point. Right. So it's tricky. On the other hand, Jenna and Rupert do want to make a move here at this point. And I think they see the writing on the wall, which is Tom's the swing vote. And we got to get him on our side and get Boston Rob out, which we've mentioned many times in this series. It's not, we need to get Boston Rob or Amber out. It's, we need to get Boston Rob out. Right. So at this point, I guess the writing is kind of on the walls. They're at the final five. They've taken out everybody else in the game that, you know, they, they've gotten down to the alliance the as far as they can go with the alliance that they had built. But this is the time where if you're Jenna and Rupert, you need to take out specifically Rob, but Rob or Amber. You need to make sure that you're the couple that gets as far as possible. And then obviously you would think that Rob and Amber would be feeling the same way. But as things kind of play out here, it does start to make a little bit more sense. I mean, I guess this is something I'm sure we will get into like a little bit deeper, but the fact that Rob decides to, instead of trying to break up this couple, obviously he could have Tom's vote here to take out Rupert if he wanted to, ends up going with the bigger jury threat, taking them out of the game. So uh, it's definitely an interesting decision that gets made here, but this is the time where things are going to blow up. There is a little bit of a funny moment where Jenna and Rupert are talking to Tom, or sorry, Jenna is talking to Rupert and saying, oh, we got to win the next immunity. We got to vote out Boston Rob and then turn around and Rob is standing right there. And this is not the first time this has happened in this season. Even way back in episode one, we saw the same thing happened on the Mogamogo tribe. I don't know what's going on with people not just looking behind them <laughs> while they're doing this, but it's a pretty funny moment. And I think it mostly just proves to show that Rob and Amber realize that they're a little bit on the chopping block here. And it just shows pretty much that Rob, Rob and Amber, I guess both of them are the only ones that are playing this game in any re- reasonable, respectful kind of way. Everybody else is just extremely sloppy and has been for a while now. And it's we haven't been seeing much of Jenna Rupert or Tom's game since the merge started. It's really just been this one alliance taking out the other. But now that we're, you know, down to the five, it's kind of like, all right, look, these guys are really a mess compared to the tight ship that Rob and Amber are running. Definitely. So we get to the infamous car challenge here, which is a little bit of a note in terms of historical situations that historically the winner of the car challenge has never won the game, which is technically true here. However, Amber does also win a car 
and then win the game. So there has been some debate on that. I think uh, generally people say, well, she didn't win the challenge, though she did come in second. You would almost think that if they wanted to keep the car challenge around, that they would bring up this note that like, oh, you you technically could win a car and it's not the biggest curse in the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the car curse was a really big thing for a while. I don't I, I don't I don't know why I didn't look up the stats or whatever, because I am interested to know, like, how many seasons they had the car uh, challenge. And obviously the statistic remained intact that nobody ever won the car directly and then ended up winning the game. And I hear you typing. Are you looking it up? I am looking it up. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I was like, I really hope she is because I, I am kind of curious. But it's something that was probably only like uh, probably a bigger thing as time went on. But obviously the fact that Jeff is calling it out on the show means that it's already been established within the community, I'm sure, and within like production that like, wow, we've had this challenge a couple times now and the person has never won the game. So it's going to remain intact for this season. But there is a little bit of a twist since the person who wins the season does get a car. Okay. The Survivor car curse has shown up 13 different times on Survivor, starting in Aust- in the Australian Outback, Africa, Marquesas, Thailand, Amazon, Pearl Islands, and All Stars, actually, and Vanuatu, Palau, let's see, Guatemala, Panama, Cook Islands, Fiji. So every single season from season two to 14 had the car curse. So they had the car challenge with the exception of Borneo, you know, the first 14 seasons all had it. And then they stopped. And every single time the person who won it, or as is written here online, the victims of the car curse, <laughs> Colby, Lex, Sean, Rector, Ted, Rogers, Matthew Von Ertfelde, Burton Roberts, Rob Mariano, Eliza, Ian, Cindy, Terry, and then technically Dreams and Yao Man. So they picked they picked a hell of a season to end it on after uh, all that events and uh, all those events in Fiji. Yeah, what I think is interesting about the car curse is like, given no one, you know, it is a curse and nobody won the game, it still caused a lot of drama, particularly in that final season they used it. And I'm kind of surprised they didn't want to keep it around just for the drama. Even if the drama was, do people try to throw the challenge? Yeah, I guess the problem, I mean, if I had to guess, was just that the car companies were not offering them as good of deals as they were in the past. Obviously, as time went on, the show has been getting less and less sponsors until, I guess, recent seasons where, you know, Applebee's is popping back up and uh, trying to get their name in there. But it's definitely, they did decline as time has gone on with sponsors. And I guess, I don't know if it was specifically because of that or if it was just because they were trying to, all right, well, the game is moving on into kind of a different direction, especially as, you know, season 15 with China and then Micronesia and the game is starting to pick up into like a new kind of thing. I guess you can check out the evolution of strategy if you want the uh, details on how that all plays out. But it does make sense that they kind of start to drop some of these things as time goes on. So just looking through these, it looks like in the first like 11 seasons or so, the prize was always a Chevy or a Pontiac. And then there was one GMC and then a second GMC in season 12. And then in Cook Islands, we had a Mercury and in Fiji, we had a Ford. So for a while there though, the majority Chevy and Pontiac. And I guess they just didn't didn't want to do it. Does Pontiac even still exist? Is the, uh, None of those names mean anything to me. I have a Jeep. Okay. And other than that, I don't know what any of the other ones are. Ooh. I'm such, so not a car guy. Pontiac does not exist anymore. 2010, last time. Interesting. Possibly related to the car curse? Not sure. Probably. Anyway, so this car challenge is a sort of obstacle course done in phases. That is a second chance competition, which they've done several times in Survivor. I always like the second chance competitions where they have a bunch of little pieces of previous challenges. It 
it's it was definitely more fun back in the day when some of the challenges were very individualized things like in in this one you've got part one's a balance beam part two's belly crawl slide puzzle part three is the stomp the items into the basket thing and then four is the rope ladder rope bridge flying fox which were all team challenges so now they're turned into individual i guess with the exception of the i think well, no i guess they were all team uh well the belly crawl and the slide puzzle i think was from the family video challenge that rob won so it technically was a team up until that point and then they broke into individuals so i don't know what what are your thoughts on the second chance challenges um my favorite part was when kelly wentworth idled out andrew savage and then <laughs> at the end it was kind of heartbreaking when she lost the final four immunity challenge but luckily she was given another chance to come back so gotcha i would say the tuck tuck is probably my favorite part yeah that's great it but, was a really yeah. good season i, I don't uh-huh. know why people look back on it in a negative way i, I loved cambodia yeah so anyway in this particular challenge it's done in phases rupert jenna tom and then amber lose out on this with rob winning and rob gets to pick someone to go with him he picks amber and jeff gives a very odd really amber and it's like <laughs> yeah dude where have you been this whole time well because see the problem here is that rob i mean i don't know what jeff is hoping for maybe he's hoping that like big tom will come along or something but like all that jeff wants is to be in this car alone with rob mariano just the oh. two of them so oh, the fact yeah. that the producers are telling him in his ear that rob has to pick somebody else to come along jeff is just pissed he's miserable so the fact that rob is showing more attention to like the person he actually is starting to fall in love with on the island rather than giving jeff more attention is already breaking his heart so he's like "Ugh, amber <laughs> yeah it's hilarious so they get in these car or they get in the truck to drive to which let me see i wrote it down he gets a chevy colorado truck and they're going to this outdoor drive-in theater set up by survivor it's adorable they're gonna watch lord of the flies they're gonna have candy and food and whatever but jeff just like you said wants to be with rob and he when rob pulls up in front of the drive-in theater jeff lets out a nice nicely done mariano what yeah. up i i cringed and i i cringed and i cringed it was bad. it's just it was really bad. yeah i mean it was it was embarrassing to watch not the best not the best he got to do a similar thing with colby right i feel like colby won the car oh that was yeah because that was when he got to go spend time with his mom yeah so. and then and jeff spent time with colby too i'm just glad that this season uh season 39 right now that like jeff does not interact with rob or sandra at all because he would just be like praising every single thing that they say and do and it's, he would I, well, and by they i mean rob he would just be like it would be a love fest and i don't think that jeff goes on the rewards anymore or like even to introduce them i know that used to be a thing that he would sort of take them to the place but i don't really think we get that anymore no he's got to be now that he's like the guy in charge of everything he's got to be like back at like production base camp or whatever keeping an eye on everything going on so he's definitely less involved in like the rewards and all that stuff like you said yeah so what did you think of the jeff probes fake out with the uh oh wait uh yeah there's something else hold on i forgot about this this little detail I, again he's just uh, he's not happy to be there because he just wants rob all to himself so I'm, i mean i think he does a pretty good job with this uh, it's it's a cute little scene uh, obviously amber's reaction makes it even better because she just starts freaking out jumping up and down and screaming you bought me a car yeah. you got me a car like it's it's a cute little moment and uh especially like i think we said this a couple times already but like knowing how things are going to play out for these two the fact that they are going to end up together seemingly for the rest of their lives if we're lucky enough with four kids now or five or six or seven kids so the fact that like we're able to watch all of this early part of their relationship play out where it's just a cute little moment where like she said what boyfriend gets their girlfriend a car they usually get something like flowers or something like that and she's just very excited that this is uh happening and she deserves to be 
be excited. Yeah, it's cute. It's cute. What's not as cute is they come back from the reward and she decides to tell everyone that she got the car. And I just, uh, for whatever reason, this line is stuck out in my head where she goes, I was shocked. We were yes. shocked. Because they say it together and it's like, <laughs> yeah. you guys rehearsed this or something? But like, yeah. th- they're so in unison. And this happens again later. I think it was at, it was either at the reunion of the uh, final tribal council where Jeff asks them, was there ever a point where you guys thought that the other person was playing you? And then in unison, they just both say yes. And it, it happens. So it happens like twice. And it's, I don't know how they synced up so well after only knowing each other for X amount of time, but it's crazy. Yeah, it happens. It, it was interesting. And then Rupert's also annoyed that they brought back a bunch of candy, but then split it into five piles. So yeah. they also got their piles. It's like, you know what? At least it's better than a used mint from Nalia's mouth. So just <laughs> yes. be happy with it. Yeah. So Rupert's like, man, I hope the car hex is true. Car hex. Not as good as car curse. Should probably work on that. Yeah. Okay. Day 35. Rupert's annoyed that Robin Amber don't do much around camp. Why are we still talking about doing much around camp? It's day 35. <laughs> Honestly, there's there's literally four days left. Like they're about to be, uh, you know, regardless of where they finish, you're about to be back at Ponderosa, be back home soon. Just it's, it's okay. Nobody has to bring firewood to camp every day. And, and I, I've always been kind of annoyed with the argument of like, I don't like that they don't do much around camp. And so then they have tons of energy in the challenges. You are perfectly capable of also not doing much around camp so that you will have tons of energy in the challenges. And yeah. when you all sit there starving and have no firewood, you know, it's a game of chicken. See who'll go get it but first. Interestingly enough, I uh, I feel like this is something that in general you would think doesn't come up as much in modern Survivor, like helping around camp. But I have a, a distinct memory of like it being a problem with Nick Wilson's game that he didn't do anything around camp and people brought it up throughout the season. And then it, I think it came up at Final Tribal Council. Uh, obviously, he still ended up winning, but uh, it's definitely something that, like I said, I, I, I don't think of it as still being a thing, but I think it is still very much a thing that people get annoyed when people don't help at camp. Oh, well, on season 39, I think Nora has mentioned it a few times about Dean and other people. So it's, yeah, de- yeah it's definitely a thing with certain people, but I think it's it's less so the argument that they're not doing anything and more so as if as if you are also not allowed to not do anything. You right. are also perfectly capable of that. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So this is when we get into the whole fight instigated with Rupert and Tom, which begins as Rupert and Tom talking, discussing that they probably need to vote Rob off. Tom says, you know, he's going to entertain anything. He's also playing the game and wants to win, even though people may not believe that. And then so Rob decides, all right, let's have a fight between Tom and Rupert. So he's just going to go tell Tom that Rupert has been saying that Tom wants to vote Rob off. This is a thing that we see later on. We see uh, Russell Hance use in Samoa, and then we see Sandra use it on Russell Hance and Coach in the very next season, Mm -hmm. Heroes vs. Villains, which is pretty funny. This is, I'm trying to think if this is the first time I see this exact move done on Survivor. Uh, You know, people get into fights all the time, but is it so deliberate one person trying to get two people to fight in order for them to not team up and vote them out? Um, I don't know. I I can't really uh, tell you, you know, if it happened earlier than this. I'm not really great with the historical kind of facts unless I'm literally looking at like Wikipedia or just rewatched it. But it it's definitely it works really well for Rob. And it's again another example of how well he's playing the game and just how forward thinking he is. And uh, you know, compared to everybody else that's around, he really picked out a great crop of people to go far in the game with. And uh, of course, a lot of that was luck. Um, the fact that he ended up with most of these people at the beginning of the game, and then when Saboga was was dismantled, that uh, these specific two people ended up on his tribe with him. And Rupert is a very good person to have in your alliance because of 
of the fact that he's not much of a gamer and, uh, you know, is obviously very loyal to this alliance for the most part. So, it, yeah, he, he ends up down here with these two guys, Tom and Rupert. And once you get this fight going, it's pretty much going to completely ensure that Tom and Rupert are not going to work together on this vote. If these were like any two good players, then they can probably see through what Rob's doing. And even if they do have a little bit of a fight here, maybe come together and say, all right, we know what just happened, especially because Rupert calls out Rob here or not like directly, but he says to us, like, I know what Rob just did. I'm not an idiot. So like I said, if these were two good players, they might be able to come together and maybe try to take out Rob anyway. And this backfires on him. But having the, these specific two players be Rupert and Tom, it's just not going to happen. You know, I agree that it works for Rob and obviously Rupert and Tom don't end up working together because of this. But also it is a pretty transparent move, whereas, and I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, Rob personality. Whereas when you look at Sandra do it, for example, it's Russell and Coach don't immediately say, oh, I see what Sandra's doing because she has the personality of, you know, they almost don't believe that she could be doing this for her own self-interest, even though it benefits her. So it's interesting to see how the same move, you know, works differently in different seasons. And obviously Sandra wins in that season. And I will say that something like this, while it gets Rob to the end, is something that I will point to towards why he struggles to actually win the game because he does do these kind of transparently quote unquote dirty moves like this. Right. And as we will see as it plays out, he starts to realize a little bit too late that some of these aggressive moves were helpful in getting him there, but not really helpful in getting the jury to appreciate his game. So yeah. So we get to the immunity challenge on day 36. It's word scramble. Find the 17 tribes name for the past eight seasons and unscramble the letters that intersect to find another word. Without even looking at this, I would immediately be able to know that the unscrambled word is going to be Shibogamogo. I mean, obviously. I probably could. Uh, I feel like that's a, a similar sentiment that I would share. It's uh, also possibly, though, because I've watched this challenge a hundred times. So I don't know if that's why I feel that way. Yeah, I, I gotta say on the plus side, I like that it's a challenge that anybody could win. It's just a word scramble. It's just concentration and speed. Anybody's got a chance, which I think down the line is is nice to see. On the other hand, I watched it on 2x speed and it's still not very entertaining. No, I mean, it's easy to follow at least because they, you know, keep the tallies on the screen and they keep you kind of invested in, uh, oh, this person is this many, this person is this many. And then when the when they're going to solve the crossword, I like the little animation of like, it's circled and it's blinking and it's like, oh, they're done, they're done, they're done, they're done. <laughs> so it's cute. It, it's, it's cute to watch the uh, lower third, you know, department get to do some, some work there. Yes. And that was something that I always used to like uh, in challenges where they had, you know, first person to get to 20 whatever, or when they would be holding weight in the in those challenges and it would show on the bottom how much weight they're holding. So I like that kind of thing. Rob wins, even though Amber actually had all the letters way before him. She just couldn't figure out that word. You could tell Rob finishes finding his 17 words and then it just immediately writes Shibogomoba down without having to unscramble anything. It doesn't even, like, it looks like he knew that along the way. So Rob wants to play the diplomat, just hear everyone out, hopes that the other three don't gang up and vote Amber out, but it really doesn't seem to happen. Big Tom scrambling, Jenna's a little bit paranoid, but Rob asks Amber if they want to flip a coin because he really can't decide who to go home at this point. So looking at it, I guess, from that perspective of anybody could go, why do you think they land on Big Tom? Well, and do you think that was the best decision for Rob? Yeah, it, it really is, uh, I guess, I understand why they were struggling so much. And for somebody like Rob, who spent the entire game so sure of every decision they were about to make strategically and otherwise, uh, it is interesting because he, he like I said, he, he's very, he doesn't know which way to go here. He's conflicted. He doesn't know. He's saying to Amber, we can flip a coin. And when else in the game would he say that? Tom is a very big jury threat at this point. He's got people like Lex who might feel a little betrayed by him 
symbol. Like at the end of the day, uh, everybody likes Tom. People would probably vote for him. You have Jenna and Rupert, who it would make sense to split up at this point, but I don't think any of them are looking at Jenna as a legitimate jury threat. Nobody likes her at all. So definitely want to keep her around. And then Rupert is like, maybe if Rob is thinking far enough ahead where, you know, the way that this does play out, where Jenna is going to cut Rupert because she wants to be there at the end so bad. And, you know, we'll get more into that later. If they were forward thinking enough to, to realize that that could potentially be happening, then taking out Tom, a big jury threat at this point, is the right move. It just seems a little crazy because I think our brains are wired to think like one couple should take out the other couple at this point. There's no need to not use Tom as an advantage to break those two apart because otherwise, if Jenna doesn't break at Final Four and go with Robin Amber, then they're going to rocks and then their game is completely at risk. So they have to know the specific people that they're playing with. And since they do, I think it's fine that they took out Tom here. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think it can go a few different ways. I think part of it has to do with thinking about the challenges because if you, if Rob is thinking about himself and Amber and knowing that they're probably the tightest pair of people here, even though Jenna and Rupert are pretty tight, I think that they know that it's in both of their best interests to go to the end together. Well, it's probably in Amber's best interest to go with someone else, but she wins anyway, so it doesn't matter. You're looking at it with that perspective. But, you know, they're, they're probably the tightest pair. And so if you, you know, if they had stuck with Tom and taken out Jenna and Rupert, because looking at the next couple challenges, knowing what we know, I don't think Jenna and Rupert are having much of a chance to win those last couple. I think the one, the one challenge Jenna could have won was probably that final challenge and she ends up fumbling it. And I think Rob and Amber were equally enough matched to beat her. So I would say in terms of challenges, Jenna's probably their biggest competition coming up unless there's going to be another, you know, fire making style challenge or something that has to do with lifting very heavy weights. But since there's not, you can kind of rule out Rupert and Big Tom in terms of challenge threats. So if you know that you could probably beat Big Tom at the final three challenge, almost why not take him there? Because then you might at least get that vote from him at the end. If his thing that he's the most bitter about is the fact that they had a final three alliance. And I, I know that Tom, I think, had a technically a final two alliance with Rob. I don't think Tom would be as mad that he voted him out instead of Amber than he was that, you know, he kept Rupert and Jenna around. So just looking at it as trying to find what the best winning scenario for Rob is, voting out Big Tom might have been the best bet. Right, but there's or, also- or the keeping, sorry, keeping Big Tom might have been the best bet. Right. There's also the fact, though, that like, it's very clear to us and, uh, you know, looking at the season that Rob was not thinking about that at all. He wasn't thinking about how people are going to the jury feeling, like if they feel betrayed or not. If he felt like, you know, if he was any kind of concerned about people being betrayed or not, the Lex thing wouldn't have gone down the way that it did because he's sending somebody off to the jury that is just extremely upset, angry, disgusted with him. So he's not thinking about that when he's sending Tom out here. Rob is just being a very arrogant, cocky player at this point. And when he hears that Tom was coming for him at a certain point, and it's, you know, especially when it is this up in the air between the different players, and I totally get the point about well, who's a bigger immunity threat than the others. Uh, and it's hard to say like what they were thinking on that end. But I think he looks at this as Tom did say my name to Rupert. I believe that, uh, you know, I, I don't think he has any reason to not trust Rupert on that end. Uh, and he's like, all right, well, Tom's not part of my end game plans anyway. Let me stick it to him now. Show him who's boss. He's been saying, apparently Tom was saying all game that he's riding the pony all the way to the end. Rob's like, all right, well, I'm cutting you loose here. Uh, thanks, thanks for helping me out along the way. So it does feel a little bit like Rob just being extra cocky than, you know, way more than he needs to. You know, you say cocky, but I almost think it's the opposite. I think Rob is scared. I think he's scared of the potential that Tom could flip on him and he's the only one who would. And that's why he's so angry when he hears that Tom's coming after him. I think that he is looking at jury threat. My argument is there's no reason to look at jury threat if that person's not going to make it to the final 
too, most likely. Although they don't, you know, they don't 100% know what the challenge is going to yeah, be. Yeah, you never know. So I, I could see it go multiple ways. So I don't blame him for voting Tom out if he's just doing it purely on jury threat. And I really don't even blame him if he's doing it because he's, you know, some part of him is afraid that Tom could turn on him. Knowing what we know and knowing how much Jenna really wants to win the game, I do think that she's probably going to be the easiest person to sway over when it comes down to the two pairs. So I don't think that's terrible. And, you know, Rupert, honestly, was probably a decent-sized jury threat as well. I'm not really sure. I mean, I think if it had come down to, you know, Rupert and Jenna, Rupert probably wins. I'm not sure about Rupert versus Amber, what would have happened in that scenario, but... I think Rupert wins. Yeah, probably. He probably does win. So, uh, you know, I I would say, I don't know if Tom is... I would say Rupert and Tom are probably equally big jury threats, and so it's kind of a toss-up there. I definitely don't think that voting Jenna out would have been the best scenario, and uh, although she is the biggest, you know, immunity threat, but she's not going to win if she gets to the end either, so it's tricky. Yeah, and there's... I mean, I know you say uh, you don't totally agree with the me saying that it's a cocky thing but like the fact that rob's closing words to tom like when he votes him out in that confessional he says your ride's over you're welcome for carrying you this far that's just what made me feel that like he's just trying to stick this to tom as much as possible yeah i agree but i think some of that's show you know he knows at that point tom's going home and so he has the upper hand he can do that dig but anyway so they go to tribal council and uh, actually so first they have uh rob and amber have a conversation with tom where they call him up onto this rock that they're sort of lounging on and it's very godfather talking to tom i I feel bad for tom in this scenario because i think he what he's trying to say just doesn't really come out quite right i think what he's trying to say is you know i I realize the situation i'm in between two pairs and so i'm not really in a position to make my move and i'm just kind of i have to just go with a side but the way he says it is i'm the pawn i'm the swing vote there's two over here and two over there you know so i could go either way but I don't think he's saying I want to go either way that's not you know but that's the way it comes across and Rob and Amber are like well no we don't want you to go with Jenna and Rupert and then he says well why why would I want to go what do I want with Jenna and Rupert so I think he's just not exactly explaining himself well uh but they uh he says eventually you know just just give me the name and that's gonna be the name I'm gonna put down they say okay Jenna and he does end up voting for Jenna so yeah they gang up on him a little bit here and it is rough like you said it's like he's he's not exactly the best guy with his words to say the very least yeah he fumbles a little bit here but at this point I I do feel like they're already leaning towards him and maybe this conversation just kind of puts them over the edge where they're like "All right, uh, this is making our decision easier Tom is not making uh, any sense and the fact that he's calling himself the swing vote makes it very obvious that he is not as with us as we made a deal final three but if he's saying right now openly to us that it's between you know I could vote this way or I could vote the other way then let's not give him the option he's just gonna go yeah so get a confessional from Amber here we start to see in these last two episodes a lot more confessionals from Amber, mostly just because there's not that many other people left. <laughs> mm-hmm. So might as well show her. Uh, she says, you know, it's a million dollar decision who they vote out tonight and she doesn't feel great about it either way. Uh, this is something I also notice in that scene with Tom. They definitely highlight Amber's, you know, role. She's pretty active in in speaking and it does seem a lot more like a, a power couple pair here rather than just Rob and Amber sitting quietly. So that is something. So at Tribal Council, Amber keeps talking about, you know, being able to smell the money. A lot of reactions from the jury a lot of eye rolls but you know I don't blame her she she definitely wants it as well so that's good Rob says he caught a couple people in different couple different lies and uh Amber is the OG Kellen here saying that tonight for the first time she's gonna just go with her gut and not any other reason and then we get a note from Big Tom here saying you know if he's betrayed and voted out basically I'll remember it on the jury and I think it's it's pretty clear what he's 
saying. And so this is another thing that I just, you know, obviously we don't know how much else was said in this tribal, but it's definitely pointing toward it should be setting off some alarm bells to Rob. Hey, Tom's not going to vote for you. It should be, but also Rob's ideal final two at this point is with Amber. So if they're assuming that Tom is going to be mad at both of them, Rob's probably still thinking that like at the end of the day, people will respect his game more for being the more forward, uh, the, the more aggressive player and the one who was controlling things more. So I don't think he's too worried about it. He's just like, all right, well, Tom's going to be mad at both of us, but we're both going to be sitting there. So he's got to vote for somebody. True. So they vote out Tom, like you said, Rob votes and says pony ride is over. And then as Tom is leaving, he gives a very pointed and angry look back at Rob, which is, uh, it's pretty unnerving actually. Yeah. A little, a little scary. I wouldn't want to be Rob, uh, in that moment, but what are you going to do? It's just very intense as he sort of walks partway down the, the way after getting his torch snapped and then turns back and looks at him. But yeah, yeah it, you know, sad to see Tom go. I, I like Tom a lot as a personality. I think he's funny, but it's, it's sad that we don't, we didn't really get to see him play any sort of game. I think, you you know, we've mentioned a lot earlier that his ideal scenario was probably getting in a situation after the merge where he had enough people to swap over with some different alliance members, you know, with Lex, etc. Um, unfortunately, that scenario never really presented itself. And he, it was almost a downside that he got to be in a tribe that was so loyal and stuck together so well. Right. So there goes Tom. We, uh, we had a little bit of fun with him this season, but um, I don't know. I, I definitely like that he was there. It's just like, I didn't feel any kind of emotions either way when he goes out because I am rooting for everybody else left more than I was rooting for him. So true. All right. Episode 16, the sole surviving all-star, which I, I don't love that title. Like technically two people survived to the end. So whatever. May 9th, 2004, only, only five days later or no, only three days later. Oh, the, right. that was back when they used to do an episode on Wednesday and then an episode or an episode on Thursday and then an episode on Sunday, I believe for the finale. So day 37, Robin Amber tell Jenna that she has no chance to beat Rupert in the end and go ahead and start working on that, trying to get her to flip over with them. Yeah. So uh, this is going to end up obviously working and you can see kind of right away that Jenna is, uh, you know, w- from what we know of Jenna, she's been playing to win since she got there. She's been, her original strategy was I need to vote out all the winners. I need to, you know, forge a path for myself to get to the end of this game because uh, this is my time. This is my season. So the fact that she's there at the end and I think maybe she doesn't realize it as much maybe because in the last round you know Rob is safe and at this point she's looking around like I could vote out Amber and weaken them but Amber is also maybe somebody that I could beat at the end compared to Tom and Rupert she probably doesn't think that she can beat as easily so I you know from Jenna's perspective voting out Tom makes sense she's not going to vote out Rupert she wants to vote out a bigger threat I get that Um, but you also uh, you know she has to consider that going into the final four here the other pair is not going to break up so her only option at this point is to vote out Rupert because I mean and if Rupert wins immunity she's obviously screwed there's not a whole lot that they can do unless they want to go to rocks at that point and maybe they feel better about it if it's two of Robin Amber and one of them going to rocks but either way this is not the best situation that she you know was probably hoping to end up in yeah although I would say for getting her to be in a position where she could potentially win the game having Rupert win was probably better than having anyone else win this final four apart from herself obviously because while she would be in a position then to draw rocks assuming that like Rob draws the unlucky rock you know she's not set up well put it this way Jenna's never gonna win in the end anyway no matter who she's up against so good good for her for getting third yeah exactly (laughs) so they get a huge basket of breakfast more food day 37 breakfast not not doesn't have quite the same ring to it as day 39 breakfast just just keep feeding these guys 
because they just are not eating enough out there. Nope. Uh, they probably didn't want to bring out the scale for this season because they would have probably all gained weight. Exactly. But they get a camera. That's cool. Yeah, they get a Polaroid camera and a scrapbook, which is kind of fun. Making mimosas. They talk a lot about how there's two distinct groups of two. And then we have some more talk here about the purple rock twist. So I had forgotten, actually, that the purple rock twist was a thing in this season. I, in my mind, it was the purple rock twist happened in season four and then ended in season four. And they, they, I don't know, had something else in place, but they just never had the opportunity to have a tie in the next couple seasons. I had completely forgotten that uh, in this season, and I'm not sure when the, I'm not sure when it's announced in the rules that the final four is is no longer the purple rock. Do you? Well, it wasn't like, what do you mean that it was definitely the purple rock? Like, obviously, if there was a tie, otherwise. Well, I'm saying uh, I I thought that at this point it would have been fire making or something else. Oh, Um, fire making, I feel like doesn't come in for a while, does it? Yeah, well, that's the thing. We don't get a final four tie for a really long time, but I'm wondering when they got rid of the final four purple rock scenario from happening. So I know that in Cook Islands or Exile, in Cook Islands, they have the final four fire making. So I know by then they do. But in between, for example, All Stars and then, at what point do the rules change? So I don't know if we're going to like find those results because obviously it didn't happen. But I mean, either way, it's... Uh... But anyway, the, the the reason why I ask is because the the fact that the Purple Rock is the option in this season, I think is what prevents them from going to a tie. I think if there was almost any other type of tiebreaker where you could take, you know, take it into your hands somewhat, you would have seen a lot, a lot more likelihood that Jenna would have stuck with Rupert. It's possible, but I, I do feel like if there was any circumstance where Jenna herself might be in danger, well, no, she wouldn't have been in danger because then it would have been Rupert versus whoever. I guess, I guess it would have been Rupert versus Rob here for the fire making. So definitely makes more sense that she would have gone. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So it's weird. So they go to the immunity challenge, which is a giant maze with obstacles. You find ladder rungs. I, I enjoy this type of challenge. It's epic. It's fun to watch. Yeah, I like when they do these. And this one is like very memorable. I, again, I think I keep saying a lot of these things are super memorable. Maybe it's probably just because I've watched this season uh, so many times. But like, I just could, I could have watched this challenge with my eyes closed and told you exactly what happened. And Amber is the last one up there, rings, uh, gets all of her rungs up and uh, stands on the top. And, you know, she wins her first immunity of the season and is very happy about it. Yeah, I have a very vivid memory of Amber climbing to the top of the ladder and jumping up and down when yes. she gets up there. Yep. So it's it's great that Amber gets to win. It's her first immunity. And uh, did she win any rewards either of this season? I don't think so. I, I know she was a help in her in her tribes winning, but I yeah, think Yeah, she went on really some rewards, but I don't think she's won anything individually to this <laughs> no, point. No, I don't think so. She's just so darn likable that everybody wants to take her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they go back to camp and Jenna talks to Rupert some more and says, you know, she doesn't want to give Rob and Amber the satisfaction of boning with them and so that she is planning on siding with him. And Rupert says, you know, my fate rests on a 26-year-old single mama who wants to win really, really badly. We see Jenna change her mind about three or four different times as she then goes and talks to Rob, who's all salty, and says, you know, I can't beat Rupert. And then she tells Rupert that the decision's a little up in the air still. So, I mean, I don't blame her for going back and forth. And I guess it's good that she's being honest. But also, this is just, you know, just classic Jenna. This is such a bad look. This is why no one wants to vote for you. Yeah. So Jenna's obviously upset because she's like, well, Rob, you're not giving me anything. Like, you're not even slightly willing to vote for Amber here. And you're just presenting this as like, I have to vote for Rupert. And Rob's like, you understand that, like, we could, I know I could beat Amber, or I think I could beat Amber. I don't, I know that I am not beating Rupert, and you are not beating Rupert. So there, it makes absolutely no sense to try to keep him in the game. Like, I know you're loyal to him, but if we can't beat him, why are we keeping him?
attacking him? What reason is there? And it, it's it just sounds like the most ridiculous idea on earth to go to the end of the game with Robin Amber. But if you're Jenna and you know that the purple rock is what's coming up here, it does make sense. Like you, you're stuck in the situation where you have to do it. You have to get rid of Rupert uh, and just hope for the best that you can win the final challenge. But also from Robin Amber's point of view, just looking at this for a second, it seems like this where I start to factor in how much of Robin Amber sticking together has to do with them being in an alliance versus has to do with romance. Because, you know, Rupert and Jenna have also been together since day one, but they don't have nearly as tight of an alliance. And so if you just looked at the two alliances and pretended that Robin Amber did not have any kind of relationship, I agree that it's still in, in Rob's best interest probably to get Rupert out, but it's also probably in his best interest to jump over and stick with Jenna and be a pair with her. So I, I just wonder how much exactly that factors in there. Or does Rob view Amber and Jenna as equal and then so why not just stick with the person he's been with? Because I think, you know, Rob says so and, and it's hard to, I think it, some of it might just have to do with likability when I look at winner potential because I do think that Jenna has been strategic throughout this game, particularly back when she was on the Sp- Saboga tribe. She was very much in control even though it was a losing tribe. And I, and I think that Amber has definitely done things in this game, but I, I don't know if it's just the likability reason why we think that Jenna has no shot at winning. Uh, and and in that case, why wouldn't Rob just go with her? Because at this point, you just kind of see that this, as much as Rob has been playing the game super hard all along, and as much as Amber tells you, I can smell the money, I want to win, it goes without saying that these two fell in love out there and that the feelings that they had for each other were just so strong that the game just came secondary to that. And even at the end, Rob is considering, you know, later on when he's going to end up winning the final three immunity, he's like, I think I might have a better shot against Jenna. It just, that doesn't matter at a certain point. Rob is, uh, both of them have just fallen for each other so much that they are really not looking at any kind of game implications. They just want to get themselves, uh, the two of them together at the end. They go to tribal at this point and, you know, Rob says that we got more talk about Big Tom because I think everybody noticed the very strong reaction Tom had when he left, when he was voted out. Rob says, you know, there's two sides to every story. And then Amber starts to, which Rob saying that I feel like is sort of just more of what is his side? His side is, oh, Big Tom got caught and he was going to betray me, which never actually happened. So he doesn't have a great leg to stand on. Him and Amber are both kind of trying to cover their bases with the jury here. But I think Amber to, you know, I just want to point out does such a better job with it when she says in Australia, she was in an alliance and was blindsided by that alliance, but she still decided to vote for that person in the end because she felt that they had outwitted, outplayed, and outlasted her. So I definitely think that she's also trying to say, hey, Big Tom, yeah, I I blindsided you, but did we do it because it was a good game move, basically. So I I think that that is much better than Boston Rom just being like, oh, there's there's two sides to every story. Yeah, no, Amber definitely, like you said, starts to kind of pick up kind of winning strategy as she goes on with just managing the things that she's saying to the jury and about the jury, you know, in front of them. So she's recognizing that people's feelings are hurt because that's something that she's capable of doing at this point, while Rob is literally not understanding until the final tribal council that he made people genuinely upset. Uh, Or even if he does realize it, he's still in the back of his head thinking, well, they're still going to vote for me anyway. And Amber's like, I I, I don't know. Like, these guys are are pretty upset. But just so you guys know, it's not a a crazy idea to vote for somebody who blindsided you. Like, you could do it. I did it. So, uh, yeah, I think it's good on her for some of these comments. Rob and Rupert vote for each other, and we see that Jenna's still struggling. How much do you think she is genuinely struggling? Or I sort of think that she was probably more struggling in terms of morally, I just don't want to vote out Rupert, but I know it's the better game move to do so. So what do you think? Yeah, she, I think at this point, she knows she doesn't have any option. I think she knows she has to do this. Like I was saying earlier, I think this is her only play here, but it's just the fact that she has spent 37 days with Rupert. They were together 
since Saboga, and they have not been apart since, which wasn't great in the middle there as they were kind of getting on each other's nerves. But at the end of the day, they've been a duo for this entire season. They've been together for over a month, 24 seven. And the fact that Robin Amber fell in love in that time and are going to go on to be engaged because of that time they spent together. It tells you a lot about the time that Rupert and Jenna also spent together. So I do believe that she's struggling here. It's probably not the easiest vote by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm sure it was hard on her and she didn't want to do it, but she does want to win and she's putting that first. Also, I feel like we talk a lot or, you know, on Survivor, they talk a lot on this season about the big Tom betrayal and the Lex betrayal. The Jenna betraying Rupert doesn't really get talked about as much. And I wonder if it's just because part of it has to be Rupert and Jenna have been together this whole time. And so he, you know, she has seen that he is very honorable and loyal, or at least tries to be. And I think he's seen that she just really wants to win. And, and he's spoken many times in confessionals about how how paranoid she is and how here to win she is. So I, I feel like for whatever reason, in this instance, it doesn't, he doesn't view it as much as a betrayal. I'm sure he's mm-hmm. bummed, you know, but yeah. it's not really the same. Yep, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, Rupert's voted out. He leaves. She gives him a hug. Day 38. Jeff comes to give them a map and we, it's time for rites of passage, which may be unpopular opinion is still one of my favorite parts of Survivor. Yeah. And I, I know that some people don't like it, but here's my argument. I like to think of things not just as a viewer, but what I would like if I was on the show. And I, I do think that while Survivor is so much more about strategy and social experiments and whatever nowadays, I like some of the, it's a journey, it's a process, we've been out here for 39 days, these relationships did matter, this survival aspect was real. I, I like that it has that element. That's what makes it Survivor and not just Big Brother on an Island. And so when they have this Rites of Passage, first off, the song that plays during Rites of Passage, I Can See It, is one of my favorite songs. It took me years and years to track it down and figure out what song it was back, uh, which I was trying to do back when the internet was not exactly as easy to navigate as it is now. But it, it's a, you know, just emotional song. It's great. They they pretty much only use it for like family visits and Rites of Passage. Uh, so we don't get as much use of it nowadays. I think I saw heard it sometime recently, but it it was just sort of quickly during a confessional. But anyway, I, I like it. And I think a lot of it has to do with if I was on the show, I would have loved to if, if, to at least if I'm voted out and I'm on the jury or pre-jury, I like that you get your moment to sort of recap your experience on your season. And it's sort of a shout out to everyone that you might have forgotten about from the beginning. So I'm always going to be a fan. I 100% agree. The, I, I guess the problem with the current seasons, why they don't do this anymore, is probably just the fact that it's such a time consumer. I, like these days, they need to make sure they're getting in every possible confessional. They want to keep them at camp for as much strategizing as possible. They want to keep them at camp altogether for any last minute conversations that take place because it is all about the game now. There's so much more game happening and if they take them away from camp for, I mean, Matt, you have to imagine that this takes a while to film. So uh, when they're coming out of a tribal council that probably went a little bit late into the night on day 38, no, I guess this is day 37 now, going into day 38 where they're going to have an immunity challenge that day and then production is going to be busy with the tribal council that night and there's so much going on I guess it just was more feasible for them to not have to do all this extra stuff so I understand that but I agree with you I completely do miss it I think it's exactly what you said like if I was out there I would want that I would want that moment to have some kind of reflection and I feel like there's still a way that they could do it they could have in recent seasons where they've had oh here go walk a couple feet and you'll go see a mirror and go check yourselves out in the mirror we don't need that we can have go set up a little like a mini version of this behind the camp where you just have little something to represent everybody and just look around and people you know you can cut to this person and say oh remember at the beginning of the game when Rudy was here oh remember Jerry thank god Jerry's gone because now I get to still be here so they definitely could still incorporate this into the current seasons but I don't know I guess we just need to get every kind of 
last minute strategizing in because that's what Survivor is. So you say that, except I will argue, look at Ghost Island, look at Island of the Idols. They're clearly okay with spending some time referencing their past or doing flashbacks or having random stuff in there. So I know that those are technically game related twists, but a lot of the point of Ghost Island was to have a little flashback about the effing stick and Andrea's idol and whatever. Just to workshop it, here's a really simple way. Just give them a scrapbook with photos at the the last day. They're sitting there with their day 39 breakfast and they flip through the scrapbook and see a picture of everyone who played the game and they do a real quick blah blah blah. It was great to hear to see, you know, play the game with them and then that person gives a little voiceover because I actually, you know, I like the little voiceover and and, and even if you don't have time to put that on the show, stick it on CBS All Access. I'll watch it online. I'm okay with that. Put it on as an extra. It's kind of, I think some of it also is you kind of get the point of this now in the Ponderosas and in the like jury speak segments, which you get on online. But almost the reason why I want it is because I want a two sentence clip. I don't want to listen to a five minute video about them. It's it's also like different with the newbie seasons where if you asked like my mom right now to name anybody from the pre-jury, she would not be able to do it. So when you have like a newbie season and you flash back to some of these early, early players, most of the audience is obviously made up of casuals and they're not going to remember any of those people. So that probably made uh, some kind of, you know, that was probably some kind of factor in it as well. But on returning seasons where it was all all-stars and you want to remember, oh my God, yeah, Tina was on the season. Rudy was on the season. Richard Hatch was on the season. That's something that I feel like is worth happening. So I don't know. Do you think there's like any percent, like above 0% chance that they do it on 40? Well, with the mechanism of that season, I think it's less likely that we get a rites of passage and more likely that we get a... Oh, I forgot uh, about Edge of Extinction. Yeah, I think basically (laughs) with Edge of... I think we're sort of going to get it with Edge of Extinction. Just, I think once Edge of Extinction ends and somebody comes back into the game, inevitably at like the final four or whatever, I think all the people on Edge of Extinction will get a little second to say a little, oh, it was great out here playing. I I so often forget about that. So (laughs) it won't be easy to forget when the time comes, but at least for now I can kind of pretend it won't be there. Yeah, we'll see. So in this season, they not only have rites of passage, but they first go and adorn their bodies in paint and jewelry from the Kunas tribe, local natives. As for the rites of passage, Tina came here for life experiences. Rudy, he's a little slower this time, but he had fun. Jenna, glad she came out. We'll remember it still like Amazon. Rob Sestrinito, they immediately start laughing when they see his torch for whatever reason. And uh, he said it was a humbling experience. He thought he was one of the best players out here. Richard Hatch, it says it's getting way harder to play this game. Sue says there's too much emotion and she doesn't want to do that to play. Colby found patience this time. I disagree with that heavily. I think all we heard him do was complain about people. Ethan still wants to be out here playing the game. Kills him that he's not still out here. Jerry, this game almost broke her spirit. Lex, you shouldn't mix friendship with game. Kathy, doesn't want to lie to win. Alicia, bit back her tongue more this time. Sheehan, had bad luck with numbers, but she beat all the best. Mm, okay. Tom, didn't think he was an all-star. It was a proud moment for him just getting the call. And Rupert, wanted to come out and protect everyone. Glad that he shared, cared, and had fun. Yep, there's uh, there's a lot of a lot of things to, I guess, uh, unpack there, but I don't know how much time we want to spend on each individual one. So I guess main takeaways is that I appreciate the fact that they were able to get everybody, even though not everybody had a great experience on the season. Obviously, there were certain things, with, uh, you know, the people that ended up quitting the game early on for what, uh, a variety of reasons. It was nice to hear from everybody. Yeah, I, 
I would say the the real people who jump out to me are Lex saying you shouldn't mix friendship with game just because we know that that's going to be the core takeaway that he has from this season, both during the game, especially after he watches the season and during Final Tribal and so in the reunion show. So that's really a big one for him. And then with uh, Sheehan, who thinks that she basically beat everyone and uh, was some sort of underdog, which I, I mean, I'm not going to say she wasn't, but she made mistakes along the way as well. So her sort of pride there is is interesting to note. Uh, mostly the people who are on the jury, the people who are pre-jury, it's kind of just a nice little sum up of their game. Yeah. But you know, anyway. So, yeah, Amber talks about how she's uh, sad that she uh, ended the game for all of them and she kind of feels a little bit bad about it, but that's what they came here to do. So she's talking about how she's afraid of what's to come in the next coming days or the next, like, I guess 24 hours really, because they're about to get to their final immunity challenge, which is the season one classic, uh, Hands on an Idol or whatever the actual name of it's called. Hands on a Hard Idol? Yeah, yeah that's, I, don't know. That's... I don't know what it's actually called. That's what I call it. In this one, now, I, I don't remember, is this the exact same setup that they had in season one with the sort of one foot in front of the other and a raised platform, almost like you're reaching out, stepping up to grab the idol? I believe so. I mean, nothing in my head, like the way that I'm picturing it looks different from season one to season eight here. So I, I want to say it was, if not the exact same, like 99% similar. I like if it is the exact same. I think that's nice. Uh, note that they do not get offered orange slices <laughs> when they no. uh, fall off, but it's a, it, it's a pretty, not too much interesting about it besides it just being, you know, a typical endurance challenge. I will say, I don't, something that's always bothered me with this is that I don't know if it has to do with the height, but the fact that the immunity idol is not symmetrical and equal for all of them to hold on to really bugs me. The fact that it's sort of, if everyone remembers, it's like a whale with a person riding on top. And so Rob, either because of his position facing this idol or because of his height, is able to basically grasp on and almost loop his hands through the arm of the person, whereas the other two girls are basically having their hands flat against the sort of widest part of the whale. So I I feel like if it were me and I was playing this game, I would want something to hold on to because it would be really easy to just accidentally slip my hand off of it. So and I don't think that's why he won. I mean, it's not why he won, but it is always something that has bothered me of, I think, to make this challenge more fair, the thing you're holding on to should be the same on all sides. Yeah, totally agree with that. I, uh, you know, for the hundreds of times I've watched it, I never actually picked up on that. So that's uh, definitely worth noting here. The, the way that this challenge plays out is that Jenna is going to be the first one to be eliminated as uh, she picks up her foot and probes calls her out on it. And she's just kind of in shock and maybe denial, probably more so denial because she just doesn't even realize that it happened. And Jeff's like, uh, yeah, there's someone in my ear telling me that this very much happened. So you're out. So Jenna goes out and then it's down to Rob and Amber who are going to have a little bit of a debate as if uh, one of them are going to give up immunity for the other. And Rob realizes that he really doesn't want to, even though Amber really wants him to uh, give her immunity here. But they're like, no, we're going to take you. Like, I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you. We're going to take each other. And Jeff finds this endlessly entertaining because uh, he's obsessed with Rob and obsessed with Amber at this point because I guess Amber makes Rob happy. I don't know. But he's just fascinated by what's going on here. And eventually it's not really going to matter what they, uh, you know, who gives up for the other because Amber gets distracted and ends up taking her hand off. Or no, I'm sorry. She puts her second hand on the idol. So I guess uh, maybe she was looking for a better grip with a different hand. Either way, she gets distracted and ends up giving it to Rob. The thing I find most interesting about this is after two hours, Jenna, you know, moves her foot and gets kicked off. Immediately after she jumps off, Amber says, okay, well, just give this to me. And Rob says, okay. And he almost takes his hand off. And if not for Jeff going, whoa, 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 what's going on here? You're making a deal. I think Rob would have given it to Amber because it really seemed like he was about to do it. And it's only after Jeff sort of pull, 
points out, hey, don't you want to fight it out after 39 days? That he does. Notably, they stick around and fight for another hour and 10 minutes. I I mean, if I was out there, I don't care who it is. I I want to compete as far as I can. Like, when else are you going to get a chance to be on Survivor in the final three challenge? You know, duking it out for for the last immunity of the season. I get that they don't need to be there, but like, it's not like they have another challenge to rest up for tomorrow. So maybe that's just like the competitive nature in me. But like, I would want to keep going as far as possible. Like, I wouldn't push my body to like passing out or anything like that for sure. But I would definitely want to go as long as I could. I, I agree, but I just wonder. I wonder what the you know alternate universe is where where Jeff just doesn't, doesn't say anything. Doesn't say anything. Yeah. Because I I, I I honestly feel like he he would have jumped off. It just it it, it seems like that. Yeah. Anyway. Well. Anyway. So there's really not a whole lot between now and uh, Jenna leaving. I guess there's a little bit of debate back at camp. Well, you know, Rob talking about maybe maybe not, but it's not happening. Yeah. Mostly it just seems like he uh you know it's just to give some lip service to the camera people to have some suspense here. Jenna annoys me when she says that if she had won, she would have taken Rob and steamrolled him and then also says Rob should take her because he could probably beat her. Yeah. Can't have can't have it both ways, honey. But whatever. She is right about the fact that she thinks that Amber is going to beat Rob in the end. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, e- even though she herself does vote for Rob. Well, she hasn't had her feelings hurt. So she kind of can see the, the way that the game is played out between those two with Rob being the one that was more dominant. But uh, she is very much aware that Rob hurt a lot of his friends feelings along the way so it does not surprise me that her and a couple others are, are picking up on the fact that Rob is not looking great with jury yeah definitely so they go to tribal discuss a little bit that Rob and Amber didn't make a deal during the challenge they can never trust anyone 100% but Jenna thinks Rob and Amber are airtight and so that's basically it I, I love the sarcastic comment from Jenna though I don't know if you had this in your notes where Jeff asks Jenna so what happened and Jenna's like well I don't know you said that I took my foot off peg yeah like, all right you did <laughs> yeah my favorite part of that is when Jeff says yeah it was very subtle and Jenna says yeah I bet it was <laughs> yeah, like, so, probes uh, wasn't ready for that fight yeah that's that's one of my favorite ones I, I really enjoy that part Jenna gets voted out yep. it's, it's not that <laughs> she's, she's proud of the game <laughs> she surprising. played this time she had a lot more fun she's never going to stop reliving the uh, foot coming off the peg but what are you gonna do so she's proud of herself I think she definitely exceeded expectations for what people probably thought that she was capable of as a player but you know for somebody who didn't even necessarily need to be on this cast in the first place I'm sure fans didn't love the fact that she went this far at the time I don't know how you felt about it but I I can't imagine that she could have hoped for much more of course you're right there at the win but like this is pretty good yeah at the time with Jenna when she was put on the season in the first place I remember being like almost treating her as if this was her first time playing because even though I had seen Borneo several times Jenna really never stood out to me in Borneo it would have made a lot more sense for me if like Kelly Wigglesworth had been on this season or if like Colleen had been on it someone else but since it was Jenna and she played very differently and had a seemingly kind of different personality this season I you know despite how annoying she is I feel like I'm, I'm very I'm very proud that she at least went out and said look I may not be the most you know all-star player here but I'm here to win and I have that mindset from the beginning and I I almost think that when you watch her in this season it's annoying but if she was playing nowadays I kind of think that they would have it, it would not be that hard to edit Jenna and make her 
her seem like an Angelina and and have her be the really hardcore sort of not necessarily seeing how everyone else is viewing her, but almost in a more comedic way where she becomes a kind of underdog rootable character in the way that Angelina was. And as opposed to just being, oh, that motor mouth. Yeah, I definitely think that's a a great observation, a great like comparison that she could have been, especially if they ever wanted to make this season anything other than just the Robin Amber March to the end kind of thing. If they wanted to set up some kind of like, here's an alternative path where there could be somebody that wins besides one of these two. They definitely could have hyped up Jenna's edit a little bit more as the game went along to just kind of like, just have this side storyline where Jenna comments on things that happens uh, and talks about her relationship with Rupert as it compares to Robin Amber. But now, you know, when they do a season with more balanced editing, like a lot of the ones recently, maybe not the most recent one that, that's going on right now, but some of the other ones, like a Dom and Wendell situation where you have uh, more than one candidate going all the way to the end that could be the winner, kind of have Robin Amber on one side, you could have had Jenna on the other, but it just didn't ever seem like it was actually a realistic possibility. Yeah, so it's unfortunate, but anyway, she did well, she made it far, it really wasn't, that foot move was not a million dollar mistake, it was probably a, you know, hundred thousand dollar mistake. Yep, so, oh well. so. Day 39. We are back at camp and we've got some more food, <laughs> or, or is it more food or are they just still picking it from the other? I think they got more food. A lot more food and a lot more love and just, I, I could not, there's a couple times in uh, this this episode and then the reunion and all this stuff where it's just Robin Amber talking about Robin Amber and I couldn't even be bothered to take notes about it because I'm like uh, cute cool uh, I got nothing yeah it's cute it, it would be a great episode of I don't know The Bachelor or something they take more photos make a scrapbook uh, they were a team they were able to adapt they were able to trust each other they gave 110% and Amber hopes she doesn't get asked why she deserves to win over Rob so queue up Tribal Council we're gonna go right there and we're actually going to play some of the clips from Tribal Council and discuss in real time because let's face it, this is the reason we're all here. Yes. Yeah, so are we gonna we're gonna jump in from their opening speeches, correct? So yes. All right. Yeah. So just go ahead and play one, and then I guess pause it whenever you uh, want to have some notes. Sounds good. All right. So here we go. Clear. Let's get started. Opening comments, Rob. All right. Obviously, uh, the last 39 days have been long, emotional, and you're sitting over there, and I guarantee you guys are all pissed off to be over there. I didn't want to let personal relationships interfere in this game. When the merge happened, I had a situation where I made a promise to someone that I wasn't able to keep because of promises I made to some other people. In the end, that's where everything started to go south for me. Obviously, when you have a jury that you have to vote out, it's going to come back to haunt you in one way or the other. But I would like you guys to consider how I play the game as a player, always trying to do well for my team, at the same time trying to look out for myself. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Amber. Hi, guys. Um, I came into the game saying that I knew it was going to be harder because at this time around I've been playing with people that I knew instead of just strangers. And, you know, I said, I didn't come out here to make friends. I didn't come out here to, gosh, you know, have a relationship with a guy. You know, I came out here to win a million dollars and little did I know all these little bonuses came along with it. So I think the reason why I'm sitting here right now is luck, all of you guys for not voting me off and because of my alliance with Rob. Those are the three things that got me here. And I know that you guys probably all have 
sore feelings. I know I had sore feelings when I sat in the jury. I just want to let you know that I got out of this game what I really wanted to do, and I'm satisfied. All right. All right. There's not a whole lot. I mean, we kind of just start with like things that we are already picking up on the fact that like Amber is kind of aware of how the jury's perceiving them and she knows that they are mad. And Rob also is like, you can see it in his face more than you hear it in his answer that like his face is just dropped from the second he gets there. From the second that he realizes that these angry people are about to decide his fate, he's just in a bad mood. He starts on a down note. And one thing that I find that's a little almost sad is my opinion on final tribals is always come in being super proud of yourself and confident and try to portray yourself in the best light possible. That doesn't mean you shouldn't apologize or show emotion, but oh poor woe is me. I made all these big decisions and hurt people's feelings and now I just feel bad about it. That's not the way you gotta do it. You need to come in and I would have so much rather him owned it and say, look, I played hard. I had a tough time. I made some tough decisions and I'm fully ready to answer your hard questions and back it up. I know that people's feelings are hurt, but but I did what I had to do to get here, kind of. And and even if he had basically said the same thing, with, but just with that emotion behind it, it would have come across so much better. Uh, neither of them do a particularly great job. I mean, Amber's is, Amber's is okay. She seems a little bit more aware, but she also doesn't really give a whole lot about what she did. I think she is self-aware enough to say, basically, look, I, I know why I'm here. It's because nobody felt the need to vote me off. I was very lucky, and I had an alliance with Rob. So she's nothing if not on <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really just kind of, like I said, I feel like Rob's just kind of throwing a fit at this point because he just spent the last couple of days just putting all of his faith in the fact that they will vote for the best game regardless of how they're feeling. And now that he's realizing this isn't happening, it's just going to be Amber taking the spotlight here and shining in a way that is making her seem like the better choice. And, you know, ultimately we're going to see that it's not, it's not, it's not a blowout. Amber doesn't get every single vote, but uh, it does make sense as to why she's going to end up winning. But anything else before I get into Lex's? Yeah, most mostly just it's going to be a close vote here in the end and when you look at the people who vote for Amber being Tom, Sheehan, Alicia, and Lex, I think there's a possibility with an, a different attitude Rob could have at least gotten Alicia's vote maybe. I, I don't know how much that she was gonna stick by the whole <laughs> I said I would never write your name down thing. It's probably at that point maybe she just had that one liner in her head and wanted to use it but but I, I do think that the, the attitude is a problem and it's something that we talk about with Sophie Clark and her win of seeming in some ways similar to Rob being, you know, kind of a stuck up kind of cocky person in her attitude and betraying people and stuff. But I I think what she does is she lets out this emotion in a previous tribal and lets the jury see that and then decides to own her game in final tribal. And I I think that's something that uh, is is definitely underrated in terms of tribal performances. So maybe Rob could have uh, taken a leaf out of her book just, you know, 15 seasons too early. All right, well, let's see. We've got a couple of jury questions coming up, so let's start with Lex. Jury, it's now in your court. In a moment, you will get a chance to address Rob and Amber for the first time since being voted out. I'm going to give you a moment to think about what you want to say. Okay. It is time now for you to face your jury. It's the first time they've had a chance to say anything to you since being voted out. Lex, you're up first. It's just a game. 
It's something we've probably all said a thousand times while we were out here. And I'm sure that for both of you, it was an excuse that helped wash away the guilt as you played the game, the way that you played it. You know what that phrase, it's just a game, it's a big lie. It's not just a game. For all of us out here, for all of you, it's life. And the line between game and life is not cut and dried. Life blurs into the game constantly. This game exposes who we are as people to the core. It's like truth serum. And I think the way you play this game is representative of the kind of person you are. The hardest lesson I learned out here was about friendship and betrayal. And I think the true measure of a man is what kind of friend he is. What kind of a friend are you, Rob? What kind of a friend were you to me? You asked me to do you a favor, bro to bro, friend to friend. And I did the only thing I could do, and that was to answer the call of a friend in need. You were paid that by putting a knife in my back. As far as this game is concerned, I lost, and you both beat me. No sour grapes, no bitterness. With all sincerity, I will congratulate both of you for being in the final two. But as I see it, as good as your game was, you sold out your values, you sold out your character, and you sold out your friends for a stack of greenbacks. I hope it was worth it, because that money will never be enough to buy it all back. Okay, so just a couple things before we get into the responses. Every time I hear this, I just fall more and more out of understanding with Lex. I mean, I, I guess I see where he's coming from as himself, and I know I'm not him, and I know I've always been of the opinion that you can play the game different than how you necessarily would act in real life. You, uh, These people are friends, particularly in this season. It's an all-star season, so they did know each other. I, I don't like the friend argument in the all-newbie seasons when they've known each other for 39 days or less. But in this particular instance, yeah, they were friends, but he really doesn't have a leg to stand on, not just with his own actions toward his own friends that he betrayed, but in particular, we saw it's it was not just a friendship move with Lex that he did. He was he was helping keep Amber there in the hopes of securing an alliance down the road, and it, so it wasn't just a bro helping a bro for for starters. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Lex Lex comes off terrible here, and I get that he was upset and I get that he feels angry, betrayed, bitter, all this, you know, he doesn't, none of this was fun for him, but exactly like you just said, like, and he's going to get called out about this at the reunion, uh, specifically by Richard Hatch, who is going to make it very clear that there is no difference in what you did to your friends compared to what Rob did to you. You were all playing the game. You were all trying to get farther, get to the next, next level to have whatever it was go your way. And the fact that you're pissed off at him so much just because you ended up losing, it, it's not a good look. Like I, I totally get being, upset that you lost uh, of course there's the fact that he goes this way about it and says that like you sold out your morals and your values like for sure Rob could have handled the conversations better when this was all going down because he really doesn't handle it very well he just you know uh, I told you that if I could save you I would but I'm sorry I could not and, and you know like it's not the it, it's not the nicest way to put it but that doesn't make it any different from the fact that like Lex is just completely being a hypocrite about the way uh, that all of this happened yeah he's being a hypocrite and also I don't agree with the game and and real life being the exact same thing. And I also just think that that final line about, you know, selling out your morals and your friends 
has, you know, for a stack of greenbacks, he's he's upset because he didn't get to win the game. He's upset because he didn't get the stack of greenbacks. Rob did everything he needed to do to make the moves to get himself to that money, which is what they're playing for. They're not playing for friendship, and it's not like he somehow harmed Lex in a way outside of just preventing him from winning the game. So, yeah, it's all a little bit ridiculous. I, I know that I know that a lot of people, when they watch the Rob and Lex stuff, uh, both when it was happening and in the reunion show in the final tribal, feel bad for Lex and, and feel like Rob doesn't come off well either. And, and I don't think they, yeah, like you said, I don't think they both, either one of them really come off particularly well. But I think it's just something where it would be different if Lex was saying, this is how I feel about the situation. But he's not. He's stating it as if it's a fact that everyone who plays the game feels this way about it. And that's clearly not true because I don't think Jenna and Rupert feel that way, for example, about it. No, and it ties into the the next jury member who's going to come up to speak because it's not just Lex that feels this way. Him and Kathy both going out back to back, they kind of fed off of each other and just really went down this road of hurt being feeling betrayed. And they're not going to vote the same, which is very interesting. But there's also the fact that, you know, we'll get into it a little bit more, but uh, the fact that Kathy and Rob knew each other before the season, they had played together. So I think that had something to do with it for sure. Or in fact, it's like confirmed that very much did based on what she says in her uh, speech when she votes for him. But yeah, these uh, these two kind of do tie it together. Kathy. Um, when you got off Survivor Marquesa, I distinctly remember that you were so concerned about how people perceived you. What I ask of you today is after this game where you took friends to advance to a place and you killed friendships to get there, what will people think of you now? Are you concerned about it and where is it? Yeah, I'm concerned about it. Uh, to be completely honest with you, I don't know where it is. I'm still floored by Alexis thing right now. Uh, here's the thing, Kat. Looking back, I'm not 100% sure how I feel about the game anymore. I mean, somewhere along the way, I got caught up with, you know, playing people against each other and just doing whatever I had to do to get to the end. And now looking back on it, I definitely, definitely see it a different way after Alex's speech. But I wouldn't want people to think that I intentionally came out here in this game to ruin friendships. I'm not malicious person. I would not intentionally do that to try to hurt anybody. Amber, um... Did you play Rob as a patsy to get to the million? And if you get to the million and after it's all over, are you going to have a relationship with him? And it can't be a gray area. It's got to be yes or no. Or is there going to be a phone call from Pittsburgh to Boston if you have the million? I mean, are you playing them? I started this game out um, flirting with Rob as strategy, for sure. But um, early on in the game, within the first 10 days, I started developing feelings. And I started getting caught up in the security in him and the emotional support and just the way he made me feel. And I will tell you that, yes, I have a genuine relationship with Rob, and I definitely 
hope to continue our relationship afterwards. Thank you. I mean, thank you for a yes and a no answer. Thank you. Um, Rob, you just need to know that um, I was crushed, obviously. Look at me. <laughs> I've been off this thing for 12 days. You were like a kid's son. And I was crushed that you didn't address what we had. If you didn't want me around, it's fine. I, we came, we merged, and we were outnumbered. I got it. I got it. I got that we were outplayed. I got it. But I, I just can't imagine any game in the world where you can check your friendships at the door. It's just not in my chemistry and my makeup, and I, I thought it wasn't in yours. No. So 15 minutes, you made an alliance, and you, you ruined friendships that took two years to build, and it, 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 just, it just crushed me. So I do congratulate you guys sincerely for being here, however you got here. But I just want you to know that you use some friendships as stepping stones to get there. And it's been a devilish game. But I think you could have taken a parallel course where these people wouldn't have been left in carnage. And they would have been feeling a little bit better about their decisions tonight. And maybe that's some immaturity, I don't know. But there was another path right next to you, you didn't see it, that you could have thrown us just an ounce of respect. And just wouldn't be here. So good luck with it. Thanks. So deep. Yeah. That that one gets you. It, it does, and I and I I prefer Kathy's to Lex's, even though they're saying very similar things. Because Kathy's truly just seems like it comes from a place of being sad for Rob, and not as much being bitter about the game. Particularly when she says, "If you needed me to be voted out, I get it, but why'd you have to do it in that fashion?" The only thing is, some of that I think is her time spent in Ponderosa feeding off of Lex because when she was actually voted out of the game, she took it a lot more in stride. I don't think she was nearly as upset in that moment. Rob did not spend the day giving her false hope or anything like that from what I remember. So I don't know how much of that is just being stuck with angry Lex for the past 12 days. Yeah. The part of it that sticks with me is the, the, it's towards the end of that where she's talking about there was a parallel path. It was right there. You just didn't see it where you could have done this entire thing without disrespecting everybody on the jury and making us all feel pretty much just like garbage on the way out. And that's pretty much what this whole point of this is towards Rob. The fact that he played an aggressive game, yes. And we're going to see this in future players. Somebody maybe like Russell, who, you know, is going to come around later on to play this game, but even more taking what Rob did, but like amping it up to like 100 in terms of like the not social part where, you know, Russell's obviously going to have an even uh, tougher time with the juries. But uh, just the ability to play this game where you get to the end but just completely disregard anybody's feelings along the way it's never going to work out for you and this one was particularly hard because rob was playing with people who they all considered each other friends and kathy is taking this so hard because they had been you know when you get off a season of survivor your family you look at everybody on your cast as people that is is just a new family to you so the two of them coming into the season they didn't they weren't together right away but they were the only two from marquesa as she calls it and they didn't get to work together and then when the time comes that maybe they can work together Rob is just not interested closes the door in her face and says I'm sorry Kat it's not working out I need to get rid of you guys so she definitely has the right to take it and be upset about it and like you said she wasn't so upset when she goes out but I think like you said just sitting on it for so long and and just it, it just built up and she's just upset that she feels like she lost a friend almost a son in this situation so her her heart is really hard to just watch it's it's like it, you see the pain in her in her face every step of the way what you were saying about Rob and how Russell does sort of a similar thing later on. Something that is a little different is I, I do think Rob 
did play a good social game, unlike Russell, who kind of made it more known throughout the game that he played a security game where he could say whatever he wanted throughout the game and then turn and blindside people because he had idols and whatever. Rob really, his downfall was that he would kind of lead people on strategically and then vote them out. I I do believe that Rob did value those friendships and did like those people. He just valued the game more and being an entertaining character and making moves and his relationship with Amber. I I don't think that he was pretending to be friends with them or whatever. So I I think that that element of it is a little bit, I feel bad for him. I think he is just an immature kid and doesn't necessarily deserve to have all of this hate thrown at him in such a strong way. Well, I'm not going to say I don't think he deserves it. I'm going to say I can understand. I can understand why he did the things he did. I think a lot of it just has to do with him not, yeah, being being a young cocky person and not not seeing that alternative path as uh, as Kathy says. What actually, you know, we, we've talked about it a lot with Lex, so just to move on a little bit here, what actually bothers me more is Kathy's question to Amber because yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very old-fashioned. It's very, like, defensive of, like, are you going to hurt my son kind of thing, like. Well, yeah, I, the part that I don't love is she's basically saying, did you have a relationship with this man, an actual one, actual feelings, or did you lead him on? Basically, were you, did you stick with him because you like him and you're going to have a relationship with him after the show? Or were you being a really awesome strategic player and doing this crazy big poverty's not around yet, but poverty-esque move of playing the flirt card and then chopping the head off in the end, which is something that you talk about a lot in either not as much modern Survivor because you don't really get as much romance in Survivor, but, but like in Big Brother, you have a showmance and saying, oh, the biggest move the showmance can do is having one member cut the other in the end to win. And I know that Amber doesn't need to cut Rob to win in this particular scenario, but I, I don't love that the option is that Kathy's saying is, if you claim to me that this was all strategy, I'm gonna, that's the wrong answer. And I'm gonna be mad about that. And I, I feel like that would almost be like the most amazing big move Amber could have done. Now, to be fair, I'm glad that they did actually fall in love. And, uh, you know, she gives a fine answer and response. But I don't think that anything she says makes her be a better player. I, I think that the better player would have would have uh, claimed that at least some of it was strategy. Yeah. And Kathy had uh, some, it felt like Kathy was kind of holding resentment towards Amber for a while in this game. She voted for her how many times? Like a couple. Uh, after the Jerry vote, I think she votes for her at both tribal councils that, you know, the Lex one and yeah, then the one that she votes Yeah, she votes her at the out. Lex and, and her own. Yeah. Yes. So I know that like the Mogo Mogos are trying to like send a message or whatever by, by voting for Amber so many times. But uh, it does feel like Kathy has some extra resentment towards Amber, maybe for the fact that like by not voting out Amber, it ruined their game. Like if they had kept Jerry in the game and gotten rid of Amber, uh, all of this would have been avoided. So I don't know if it's, it's it does feel like that has something to do with it. The fact that she's just, I cannot believe you're still here and I was stupid enough to let you sneak by and now you're all the way at the end of the game. So I think a lot of it has to do with that. Just to note there, Amber receives votes against her starting in the Jerry vote or Jerry boot. She get, receives votes against her through the Jerry boot, the Lex boot, the Kathy boot, the Sheehan boot, and then she's safe for a couple of these at the end. But through all of those, like you said, definitely seems like the Mogamogos are, are trying to send send a warning sign here. So yeah, it's a little bit of a weird look coming from Kathy in, with a modern day perspective. But and especially since Kathy, even though she's heard about Rob, is going to end up voting for Rob in the end. Yeah. So anyway, do you know who's next year? I want to say it's Rupert, but I'm not positive. Yeah, well, they, I, I don't think I, they stay in order. No, they don't stay in order. So I, I think it's either Rupert. I was thinking it could have potentially been could Alicia. Could be Alicia. I don't, I don't know. We're about to find yeah. out. So we'll find out. Rupert. 
that's an emotional one to follow. First, I want to say hey to you guys and congratulations. And thank you to you both for helping me get as far as I did. You know, I appreciate it. When we made a pact on day 12, you guys stuck with me. You didn't know me. So what I'd really like to ask you, Amber, what did you really do to get to the final two? And why should I give you my vote? To get to the final two, I played this game the best way I know how. And honestly, that was taking it day by day. Um, I faced a lot of obstacles in this game. Obviously, there was a time when my entire tribe was switched and I was the only one left uh, from the original tribe. And uh, I fought like hell to stay in the game. But I kept saying in my head that this is my second chance at a million dollars. And so I guess the main reason why I think I played the game well is that I never lost my focus. Cool. So, Rob, why should I give you my vote? Because you're a man of your word. That's why you should give me a vote. <laughs> Again, you know, congratulations to both of you. Thanks, Rupert. You want to do the next one, too, and get Alicia in there? Alicia. There is one factor, in my opinion, that is the lowest form and standard of play that you can reach. And you two not only mastered it, but relied on it to get to the final two. And that is the fine art of butt kissing and ego stroking. You both did so much of it that I couldn't possibly decide which one of you's got less crap on your lips. Now you may have outwitted us, outplayed us, and outlasted us, but you have not outclassed us. And let me ask you both one question. And for this question, I need one answer and one word and one word only. How would you say you played this game, Rob? Competitively. Excuse me? Competitively. Amber? With luck. Thank you. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, a couple of things. Like, just because she's more fresh in my mind, with starting with Alicia here, I like the fire. I like the passion. I like the I rhyme. I love Alicia so much. I mean, I, I, I'm so, I think I've said this earlier <laughs> in a previous episode that we did, but I, I just wish she came back again after this. I think she is such a good television personality. Obviously, she's strong. I think that there's so much of Alicia that we could have seen more of. If I don't know if she had to do well for that to happen, but I just love her, and I'm glad that she had her moment here. Okay. We've had three upset jurors so far, and we had extremely angry and bitter Lex, very sad Kathy. I appreciate that we just have like salty Alicia, where she's she's angry, but she's not like saying that they're terrible people in the real world. Everything she says is within context of the game, and I love the part about butt kissing and ego stroking, which is one of my favorites. I, I would say I think she's lumping them together a little bit more with that statement. I think that's really mostly goes to Rob and. I don't know how much ego stroking Amber was really doing on her own. But, you know, I, I think that I think it's just fun to listen to her. And I actually really like her question, which gets overshadowed a little bit by her speech. You know, just give me one word, sum it up. I like that she can't hear Rob because he's upset and mumbling. But I, I like his answer competitively. You know, I think it's accurate. And I think that it's something that if you look at his whole game in that context, there's not really a whole lot you can argue with there. I like I like Amber's word. I don't like the fact that she does not give a one word answer. 
answer. <laughs> With luck. With luck. Uh, I, I guess mean, you can't really cut that down. Uh, yeah, luckily. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. Luckily doesn't really work. I don't think that Alicia gets too upset about that answer. But so, yeah, I don't know. Did you have anything else to say with Alicia before you go to Rupert? Yeah, no. Uh, it was, like I said, it was, uh, I appreciated the fire that she brought to it. And this, this storyline continues of Rob not un- uh, being able to say anything. It's funny. He spent so much time yelling about how he could, can't understand Big Tom. And here he is at Final Tribal Council where people have to scream at him because they have no idea what he's saying because he's mumbling to himself. So Rupert, Rupert's was a lot more lighthearted. He does not feel any kind of resentment towards them or not any kind, but nearly the kind of resentment towards them that the other, the others do. So it's a uh, more of a lighthearted kind of thing. And then it ends with a little bit of a laugh. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. Remind me real quick. What was his question even? Did he have one? <laughs> um, He probably, I, I don't know. He, uh, why, why should I vote for you? Maybe because Rob says, because you're a man. Oh, of your right. Word. What was, oh, what did Amber say? I don't know. <laughs> it was like okay. five minutes ago. We don't take notes. We're bad at this. <laughs> Rupert was lighthearted. He, he really doesn't have a whole lot. This is something that we see a lot in modern Survivor too. Also, if you, if you look at the final tribal council votes, particularly the ones that are close between two people, you realize that the person who played sort of the more intense competitive game typically will win the votes of the most recent people voted out, whereas a sort of more, I don't know, laid back kind of player will get the earlier, more bitter jury votes. <laughs> and and that's something you see not only in this vote, but just in Rupert's attitude. I, you know, he laughs at, at Rob's answer to his question, and I have no memory of what Amber said, but it was probably fine. It was a also. decent, yeah, I know. It was a, nothing like, since we didn't really flag anything up there, I think it was a decent answer. She was yeah. doing well so far, so. I, I don't know if, if if I were Rob, I don't know if I would have gone with the, uh, because you're a man of my word, but, but I do think that it's kind of, I do think it's kind of, I like the simplicity in that. I, I think other versions of Rob could have said something like, oh, Rupert, you say you're always, you know, you're always honorable, so you better vote for me. Instead, he just kind of said, you know, sums it up. You're a man of your word. It does. It makes Rupert laugh. It's- yeah, and it, it shows a little bit that like, I guess Rob did get to know Rupert while they were out there. And if that is something that Rupert values in himself, that, you know, Rob just short, sweet to the point uh, said, listen, I, I know that this is who you are. So you maybe at one point have said that you respect my game. So I would appreciate your vote for it. It also begs the question, why didn't Amber ever ask Rupert to <laughs> promise her the vote? I, we'll talk about it when we get to the votes, but this does seem like a season where Rob wins or loses votes. And for the most part, Amber gets anti-Rob votes. It doesn't seem like she actively sought out to get anyone's vote throughout the game. Only only in Final Tribal Council did she sort of turn it on at all. So that it gets uh, gets Rob's Rupert vote. So that's uh, something, nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, so let's keep going here. Sheehan. First of all, congratulations to the both of you. You have earned it. There have been a lot of words exchanged tonight. You know, a lot of people's feelings are hurt. But as someone who's competed with every single person here, I would like to throw out there that people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. I feel like all is fair in love and war and in Survivor. So tonight, you two are on an even level playing ground. I haven't decided who I'm going to vote for. So I'd like you to tell me, in all honesty, three reasons why the person sitting next to you deserves to win that million dollars more than you. Rob? Amber has been the truest partner in this game to me that I've ever had. I asked her once for her friendship, and she's never wavered the entire time we've been out here. Secondly, she never quit. 
on anything she said she was going to do whatsoever. And third, her support towards our alliance has been unprecedented. I mean, I would not be here right now if it were not for her. I think she plays a straight up game and I think she deserves it. Amber? Um, I think, number one, I thought he ruled in all the challenges. I thought he was probably the most, I think he was the most competitive person out here in all the challenges. Um, two, I think in this game, um, in order to get this far, you need to find one person that you can truly depend on. And I found that in Rob. I found that I could tell him anything and he would never think of it as something he could use against me in the game. And then third, 10, 15 minutes into the game, he made an alliance with me. And he stuck to it. Even if he might have doubted in his head, he never let me know about it. Thank you, guys. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, Jenna, I remember Jenna's, uh, is a little bit shorter as well. So I guess we can do Jenna and Tom together up next. But Sheehan, I am interested in here because between this and then the upcoming reunion, uh, Sheehan takes like a, a, a bit of a turn. She goes from somebody who was, you know, she was obviously fighting super hard in her last few days of the game, trying to stay in it. But now that she's out, like she's not really on the same page as her former allies in Lex and Kathy. Like the two of them are super bitter and Sheehan's just kind of like, yeah, it was a game that like she, she takes a, a pretty different approach to it. And she like acknowledges that they played hard, played well. This is much lighter compared to what uh, she could have or what you might have expected her to be asking. I love Sheehan's attitude here. I feel like you always got to have at least one person who has that moment of, oh, my mind's still not made up, which I guess the show probably loves at the very yeah, least. Yeah, she's presented as the swing vote here for the most part, so. Yeah, true. I, I would say that I don't think she probably in reality is the swing vote. I think that she, at least from what I've heard after, was pretty sure she was going to vote for Amber and definitely in the sort of retrospective editing seems like she was going to, so it'd be nice if we could try to figure out who the real swing vote actually really was. I think she she just had to make sure her prophecy came true about how Amber's going to win this game, so she needed to get that vote on her. So I, yeah. I feel like, yeah, she probably always was voting for her. And I think that she probably was the only person who was always going to vote for Amber as a pro-Amber vote, not an anti-Rob vote, because I do think that she also, I don't think that she ever really claims that Rob wasn't playing a good game and Amber was. She just thinks that they both were and that Amber's should be recognized as well. Mm -hmm. The thing I'm going to nitpick here is Amber and Rob both give terrible answers to this question. Both of them say, they do not say three things. They say two things and then a third thing. Rob says that Amber is loyal, dedicated, and loyal. Amber <laughs> says that Rob is competitive, loyal, and loyal. So come on. I mean, this is a question that I think if you had a lot of time to answer it, you come up with some pretty great answers that are ways of saying positive things about your your uh, com competitor that are so unimportant to the game or, or so contrary to whatever it is that you did or something that you did arguably much better. They basically both mostly just talk about their alliance and their relationship with the person. Yeah, so, it's, it's just, we made an alliance and I was honorable to that. Yeah, she, he, she was, you know, stuck to it and that's what made us uh, so strong in the game and that's what got us far. So like you said, it's not the greatest answer, but I don't think Sheehan was looking for like the most, She was, she's not the one that's coming in here looking for answers. I think she just needed to kind of ask something. So it, it satisfied her and uh, yeah. That's fine. All right, let's wrap these up up here. It's going to be a little bit longer as uh, Tom's is eventually coming up here. So, Jenna. 
Well, I do congratulate you too. I think you played a great game. Uh, I don't feel negative feelings like some of these people do because we had an alliance that you didn't break with us, with Rupert and I, so I have no hard feelings that way. You played a very similar game, but since you're so interchangeable, I'm going to go with what are you going to do with a million dollars? Rob, first. You know, uh, coach, volunteer coach in line hockey at Boston University. We got a couple of kids on the team that they can't afford to pay the tuition, so somehow I'll try to use it to start some sort of a scholarship fund for my players on my team. If I could somehow set that up to help some of them out, I think it would be good. College scholarship fund. Okay. Amber? Um, for me, I have a lot of good friends, older and younger, who have been diagnosed with a disease of muscular dystrophy. And usually you don't get diagnosed with that until much later on in life when you're like 50s. But I have a friend who's in her 20s, and she was diagnosed with it. So um, the one charity that I wanted to help out if I could was a charity involving muscular dystrophy. Thank you. I was going to pause it there. I mean, yeah, like I said, not a whole lot with Jenna, but she does take time to make sure that she shows the rest of the jury that, hey, I'm not angry. I, uh, they, they were loyal to me. So something that I just want to say there with that is that it's not just, oh, look, they weren't loyal to me. So that's why I'm not bitter because that could come off as like, obviously you guys are bitter. But I think the underlying current there is, guys, Rob and Amber were not just horrible people who betrayed everyone. They were playing a game and the reason they betrayed you guys was so that they could keep keep their word to someone else. Well, I mean, that's one way of looking at it. More realistically, it's just they made alliances with everybody and somebody was going to win in that scenario and it happened to be Rupert and Jenna. But I, I wish the other members of the jury could look at it with a little bit of a some game sense and some perspective here that at least Jenna is. I think that Jenna is also a competitive enough person too that if she had been betrayed, I don't think she would have held it against them because she knows that she's there for the money and that they are too. I don't know about that. I feel like I want, I wish I could like get on board with that but I feel like if Jenna had gone out early say that like Rob and Amber made a compromise with Lex and Kathy and said like or didn't say this to them but kind of resolved to let's get rid of one of Rupert and Jenna and then we'll go after the other Mogamogos I feel like Jenna would have been pretty bitter maybe but like if it had been if it come down to the end and they got rid of Jenna and Rupert and then Big Tom and had kept their word to Big Tom instead of her I think she wouldn't have been too too upset about it no probably not at that point just uh yeah. I guess it depends alright so here's Tom Big Tom. Good to see y'all. The two people I had alliance with. Good to see. First of all, Amber, congratulations. Rob, same too. Congratulations. You did exactly what you said you did. Oh, wait a minute. Well, well, our alliance was going to be one, two, three. I got five. You forgot about me somewhere along the way. I mean, we had the numbers, so, but besides that, Rob, I got goats on the farm. When they get to run the nanny, I castrate them. And I never seen a boy run a woman like you did. If that's part of strategy, that was, you did it, you did a good job. So I guess I'm gonna say to you, Amber, uh, I don't know how to vote. So you tell me why I should give you a million dollars and not Rob. Just write straight up. What's it, why should I? I knew this question was gonna be somebody's question. And I think it's the hardest answer to, to, to answer. I think it's the hardest question to answer, but um, if I'm forced into answering it, I'm going to be honest. 
and I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, with Rob sitting next to me, you know, it's hard to do, but I think you guys sometimes all deserve it. Sometimes it's hard to be honest, Amber. So, I can tell you about that. Sometimes it is. I just like for tonight. Let's be honest. So I think that the reason why I should win this game over Rob is because we really didn't break our word to each other, whereas you and Rob did. Do you understand what I'm trying to In say? In other words, we just lied a little bit, and me and Rob lied a whole lot. Well, well, I, mean, well, I don't understand it. Clarify that last statement. I, I think that you knew this entire game that your lines with Rob was much stronger than your lines with me. So if you're basing your votes on who had a stronger word and who broke their word, I think I didn't really break my word as much to you as Rob did. Thank you. Hey, Brother Rob. I know I'm stupid for waiting this long to make up my mind, but like I said, I've been with you from day one, and I mean with you. Rob, uh, why should I vote for you and not Amber? In all fairness, Tom, the conversation we had before you got kicked off, you and I know inside what really happened in terms of who said what and who lied about what. And, yeah, I broke the alliance, but you plotted to get me kicked off beforehand, and I found out first. So I got rid of you before you had the chance to get rid of me. In other words, you voted me off because I was going to try to kick you off? You did try to get me kicked off. All right. Well, I guess that's all. So we're saying that. I just want to say no hard feelings. No hard feelings, Tom. <laughs> Don't be stupid, stupid. <laughs> I may have failed for seven once. I failed for it twice. Not this time. So, so there's heavy that. stuff there. Yeah. yeah. And for anybody that's, you know, listening along and doesn't remember the visual on that, at the end of Tom's speech, he does walk over to Rob and he extends his arm out and he goes to give him a handshake. And when Rob reaches out his hand to extend his hand and say, all right, no hard feelings, that's when Tom pulls his hand back and says, don't be stupid, stupid. I may have fell for this once, but it's not going to happen again. So yeah, no love lost between the two of them. It's a very much a relationship that was going so strong for so long in the game that they were together they were really good friends and at the very least even if they were picking on each other this is going to come up at the reunion but it's just it completely dis- their entire relationship disappears as uh, as soon as they as soon as Tom feels betrayed yeah and so I think that honestly a lot of what honestly I appreciate that I think <laughs> a lot of what is bad about this both Rob and Amber give pretty terrible answers to this question Amber there's absolutely no reason to clarify that this is a hard question we all know it's a hard question just give the answer you don't need to say that it's hard to say it in front of Rob. What she also, what she says is basically you and Rob had an alliance and mine wasn't as tight with you, so it's not as big of a deal that I broke it, which is fair. I I don't know. I don't really know what Tom wanted to hear from Amber in this scenario. With Rob, on the other hand, I mean, this is all terrible. This is your one opportunity to do what, you know, Todd does with Jean Robert. Just, just, just say, Tom, you were a huge jury threat and I'm sorry. I I felt the need to get you out. I, I know that he feels like he needs to back up his decision based on what happened, but don't. Just just change it. it what are they going to argue? That wasn't your reason for voting me out? Just say, yeah, I, I was trying to hide it and I was trying to, to make it seem like it was some bigger strategic move having to do with, you know, you plotting against me. But there's that and there's also just like, Rob, why do you care? Yeah, he was, he was considering voting you out, but he didn't. It didn't matter. There's no reason to bring up this fight again. There's no reason to be the one to get the last word. It's, it's a horrible look and, you know, for 
everything that Rob's sadness in this tribal council and his his depression, you know, it's he clearly has not learned enough. For sure. So, it, like like you said, I just feel like uh, he definitely could have taken this opportunity to kind of ensure that he had this vote, but instead he just takes it and and when he already feels like he already should be feeling like he might not have many votes at all on this jury, this is his last chance if this is the order that they actually went in to to get Tom to you know to maybe apologize, maybe say like I'm sorry, like it wasn't anything personal. I loved playing the game with you. This isn't anything like what he was saying, so I'm not surprised he didn't say anything like this. But what's you know what he should have said? Uh, he should have been saying about how he just had to make it as a game move. But he phrases it as that this is your fault that this happened, and nobody wants to be on the jury hearing that I'm out of the game because it's my fault. Like if you're gonna put it in that way, you have to make it seem like just not directly as you did something wrong and that's why you're sitting there and why I'm sitting here and just rub it in in that way because that's why Tom feels so upset about it and you know so uh, there's all that with Rob but I also don't like the way that uh, that Tom talks to Amber I hate the Amber is trying to get her words out she's obviously a little nervous she doesn't really know what to say here which is not great for her but like he's just being very condescending towards her and that's not fun but whatever it's not fun but also I think that he's almost unlike Kathy he is looking at her as a strategic player and that someone who if he wants to vote for them to give them a million dollars he wants to feel like they had some agency over their thoughts or answers in this game yeah she's yeah so that's that's the speech the uh the questions i don't i don't know if you had anything else from there i mean their final statements i feel like they'll uh, take too long to play but rob pretty much just talks about how he didn't expect this kind of reaction from them but he apologized i think i think he apologizes to all of them like for hurting anybody's feelings but if uh he, he just hopes that they'll vote for him based on the game that he played and uh do you remember what amber says i i don't i you know i go back and forth between whether i think that these final tribal speeches should be obviously final tribal is is done so differently now anyway with the more open forum i I like that they had opening and closing statements i don't think both are necessary i think you could just just have closing statements would be nice uh but i don't think that amber really changes too much about what she said throughout the whole the whole tribal council they stay pretty consistent all the way down so not not a whole lot has changed i think from the jury's opinions of anything that really came out of this if anything it just was a very big wake-up call for both of them that wow we thought that we were just playing the game and you know doing what we're supposed to be doing out here but we hurt pretty much everybody on the jury except for Rupert and Jenna who just went out last uh, and obviously don't feel the same way but everybody else is just very emotional and I don't even know at this point if they had a great idea of which way it was going to go because while people were upset with Rob there did seem like there was a little bit of especially with like the Cathy's uh, out there that like maybe didn't have the most respect for Amber's game but I think I don't know I feel like Rob probably doesn't feel great about his chances at this point I don't think that he does and I think probably <sighs> no one really seems super pro Amber either and so I think that I think that he was probably thinking that he didn't win or that it was going to be really close I mean it is close either way seems like probably to him he could probably pick out that he's got Jenna and Rupert's votes most likely and then Kathy's really the only other person who seemed at all fond of him in any kind of way so maybe maybe Sheehan yeah is is trying to set herself up like the swing vote I think if you look at the game realistically I still stand by that I think Alicia should have been the swing vote I I think that while she she didn't because she didn't have a relationship pretty much at all with Amber it it seemed a lot more like she was kind of close to Rob and then uh, it's a it does an anti-Rob vote here I think she's the only other person I could have seen realistically swinging and deciding you know what he betrayed me but 
but it's not like we were best friends before the season. Or, I mean, yeah, I can see the argument for Alicia, but also Alicia and Amber did play in the same season together, so they do kind of have that connection where Alicia voting for Amber kind of feels like she's voting for her own season to be the winner of the All-Star season, so not totally surprised by that one. I think that Tom, Big Tom, was definitely a vote that could have gone towards Rob if Rob had just played that a little bit better. Obviously, that Tom is very upset, but Tom is somebody who, all game long, Tom as a person, Tom as a player, is very easily manipulated and uh, you know you can convince him within minutes or seconds that the whatever he's feeling is whether you want to say like he's he's feeling something that's like not actually correct or not actually valid or, or he could have very easily convinced him uh, that he was ap- apologetic for the way that it went down and that he has no ill feelings towards him and he's sorry that it happened and that they couldn't keep their deal all the way to the end but he loves him and respects him and then maybe Tom takes that and goes to vote for Rob but I think a lot of these votes were up in the air and Rob just does not do a great job at, at this. I don't really see any scenario where Rob's going to get Lex's vote, but I think that, I think Tom, yeah, Tom was his missed opportunity. I was speaking more so in terms of given the performance they gave, I think that Alicia could have gone either way. I think given the performance Rob gave, I don't see a whole lot of scenarios where Tom's voting for him either. I think that that was his big missed opportunity. He really needed to just suck up his pride and go for it. But so we're, we're going to get to the reunion part of the finale in a second, but there's really a lot more to talk about there other than just the vote. So I kind of want to just go through the vote real quick as is uh, we mentioned it throughout here, but Jenna, Rupert, and Kathy are the votes for Rob. Tom, Sheehan, Alicia, and Lex are the votes for Amber. And I do think uh, Tom and Lex are definitely just anti-Rob votes. She, uh, Alicia, like you mentioned, uh, could be somewhat pro-Amber because they were on the same season, even though they were on different tribes. And then Sheehan, I think, is very definitely pro-Amber, even though I, I think she also was equally pro-Rob. She just, uh, yeah, I think there was some of that was also kind of girl power and and voting for the person who you thought was less likely to win, which I think is something that Sheehan kind of stands for. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly just evaluating their tribal council performances as a whole. I, I know that we talked all throughout about their, their gameplay as a whole and the areas in which Rob could have done better throughout the game, particularly with the Kathy, Lex, and Tom votes there, even to some extent, Alicia. I think that in the final tribal council, if Rob had just apologized more, don't try to defend yourself and explain yourself. Just apologize and say that you were competitive and wanted to win. And mm-hmm. if you just come at it with that way, I think we're looking at a season where Rob could have definitely won the game. I don't really have a whole lot to nitpick with Amber's final tribal. I think Amber had done a lot better job in the last couple episodes of jury management. And I think that shows here, but I mean, she was just kind of, I'd probably give her six and a half out of 10. And I'd give Rob like a three and a half <laughs> out of 10. He does an actively bad job and she does a passable job, but doesn't really tip the scale to grab any votes herself. I don't think, I don't think anything she says really made a whole lot of people change their mind. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, overall, Amber, like you said, uh, does the better job at this. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, the game has been played. There's not a whole lot that they can do here, but Rob will definitely improve at his uh, final tribal council speech the next time that he is going to be making one. So we see how that progresses. We'll see uh, if either one of these two are going to be making a final tribal council speech in the next time that they play. I, I gotta say, I doubt it. I have a hard time seeing uh, either of them make it to the end, being they're such a big power duo coming into the game with a big target on their back. But you never know. We, uh, maybe we will see another jury speech out of one of these guys before uh, a couple months from now. Yeah, you never know. So moving on to the reunion, uh, Jeff does his classic take the urn to America 
America via helicopter, goes by the Statue of Liberty, pops into Madison Square Gardens, and then we have the big twist of the season. Actually, it's not the big twist of the season, but there is a big twist, which is the Rob proposal to Amber. What are your thoughts? How cute. I mean, I this this is such an iconic survivor scene. Uh, you know, obviously this is a real life event as well, but just this entire thing happening, like uh, we see more of it uh, being talked about when they get to the next episode with the America's Tribal Council, where Rob asks, I'm sorry, Jeff asks, I, I keep doing that, where Jeff asks them, so like, what's life been like now that, you know, one of you just won Survivor and now you're engaged? Uh, and they, they just start getting like tons of people like coming to them that want to televise it, that want to be their photographers, that want to do this and that and all this stuff. Uh, and it makes sense. Like they, they are becoming like one of the biggest new celebrity couples. And it's not that often that people from the show become celebrities, but Rob and Amber became that. Like they were everywhere. They were on magazines. They were on TV shows. They were, it was everywhere. It was Rob and Amber from Survivor. They, you know, made it to the end of their season and they fell in love and now they're just engaged and happily in love. So it was a cute moment. I, I, I'm glad that they, that Rob obviously seems like they spent a lot of time together between the end of filming and this reunion, which still under a year that they kind of knew each other at this point or had been together, but you can tell that they're in love and obviously it all ends up working out. So uh, no qualms with any of that, but it was a, a cute moment. Yeah, I, I've always loved the Amber wearing the I Heart Rob shirt at the end. Yeah, iconic and, and definitely shows a little bit of, you don't even need to ask that question of are you two still together? Exactly. It's, it's pretty obvious yeah. here. I, I vividly remember the aftermath of all of this and that uh, I was in fourth grade and one of my teachers was getting married. And so she was looking through all of these wedding magazines and she'd bring them into class and one of them had Robin Amber on it and it was Amber, you know, talking about the different dresses that she was trying on and getting ready for her wedding. So yeah, they, they were they were legitimate celebrity uh, celebrity couple here and I think some of it some of it has to do with the time, some of it has to do with Survivor was a much bigger show and much more widely viewed show than it is now. Some of it had to do with there weren't as many dating shows out there and so you didn't have these couples from reality TV. But I think a lot of it has to do with there have been people from Big Brother and Survivor and other shows that have fallen in love and, and gotten married. A, a lot of times they either don't stick together and then other times it's it's so rare though that you get a show, a whole season, where these people met and a huge amount of the show is their love story. If one of or both of Rob and Amber had been voted out pre-merge or, or around the merge or whatever, I don't think this would have been as big of a story, even if they had stuck together and gotten married. It's part of it is they made it to the final two. They they went the whole distance and and it yeah it's it's a it's a cute story it's a beautiful story I for years used them as my example of see this is you, this is why you got to meet people on Survivor <laughs> because you see each other at your worst as opposed to something like The Bachelor where they're trying to put you in scenarios where you see them at your best basically uh, so it's cute there's a funny moment when Jeff has to clarify that this was not the twist he yes. was uh, <laughs> he's been hyping up which I think is pretty funny and then of course you get that little weird scenario where he says uh, you know there's there's still a little thing called the vote we have to get to mm -hmm. which uh, has a kind of different dynamic now <laughs> yeah um, and but like just to I guess wrap on like the two of these guys as a couple it does really set a precedent on Survivor for like showmances being dangerous in the future obviously like there's a lot of times where it's going to come up in future seasons where anytime that two people are getting close to each other it's, if it's a man and a woman that are looking like they're cuddling up together a lot of the time the one of them will end up going home in like the early part of the pre-merge it's it's very rare if like at all that it happens that another couple is going to make it deep into the game. I guess you have uh, Keith and Whitney that kind of uh, became a thing out there, 
but I think uh, more of that I think happened after the season, if I'm remembering correctly. But uh, I mean, are there any uh, any other examples of like a couple making it as far, or obviously not as far, but like close to as far? I don't think so. Uh, besides like blood versus water seasons, but uh, even then, like what do you count? Like that you know, John and Jacqueline don't count. They they didn't meet out there, and everybody wasn't a pair that season anyway. So it's it's definitely like once Robin Amber were a thing on the show, it, like nobody wanted to see it happen again because you knew how dangerous it was. Yeah, they kind of ruined it for everyone else. Yeah. So sorry, sorry <laughs> to Cole Metters and Jessica Johnston that that wasn't able to work out for them after uh, all these years. Mm. I, I, I just remember that one specifically. I know, and Taylor, Taylor and Figgy uh, was another one. It was like all the yeah, all right. these years went by where there was like no couples, and then all of a sudden they kept popping up. I, I think the second closest Survivor love story of two people being on Survivor, meeting for the first time, falling in love, getting married, and I, I believe staying together since then is probably Jamie Dugan and who was the guy Eric? I think was his that name. That sounds familiar. I, I have China. like no knowledge of anything going on with those two. I know that they are a couple and that they, yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure they're like married with a kid or kids or whatever, but I have no idea. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with obviously they didn't make it all the way as far mm-hmm. and they didn't, um, uh, it wasn't the final two of them in the end that the show was not about their love story, but, but you know, they, 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 they exist. They exist. <laughs> so yeah, we, yeah. Do, we do have a vote to get to. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so Amber wins. Amber Yay. wins by a vote of four to three. And uh, Amber Burkich is our winner of this all-star season of Survivor where legends, legends of the game came back to play uh, in the first ever all-star season of this show. People were so hyped about this show for so long, still are. And Amber Burkich, the the brown-eyed, beautiful girl who, how did she get on the season in the first place? From Survivor, the Australian Outback, ends up as the winner of this season, just as everybody expected to happen. So uh, that's, you know, that's our result here. And we're going to get into the reunion where the first thing that uh, is kind of being asked of the two of them is uh, I think Jeff is the one that goes to Rob and says like so uh, like Amber should have won or did you kind of do all the work and she got the credit for it and ended up winning yeah and I know that a lot of people look at this season and feel bitter towards the fact that Rob didn't win and that he deserved to win and and this was you know coming off the heels of a couple other seasons in a row where maybe the person got to the end that you weren't expecting to win I don't think a lot of people expected Sandra to win or expected Jenna Maraska to win or even Tina. And so uh, it's kind of eh, par for the course with Survivor at this point. But I think I just view it so much more as Rob and Amber winning. I, I think the vote doesn't really matter as much. I mean, not just because they got married, but because they were a pair the whole way. And so, you know, they, they were a pair. They they did well. And I don't think anyone could argue that Amber played a whole lot better of a game. I think she just had that jury management a little a little less bad than Rob did mm-hmm. so I think it's fair I, I will always stand by that the person who won was the winner and deserved to win for whichever reason that that jury deemed to vote it it does not bother me in the slightest that she was one of the least all-star all-stars coming in mm-hmm. because this show and this season made her an all-star moving forward and even though we don't see her again until season 40 and Rob becomes such a bigger character I think she she holds up I agree I'm so excited to see her back and just like talking about her and everything going on this season is making me even more excited for seeing her back on season 40 the fact that she's going to be there giving confessionals like we're going to see Amber back on screen playing Survivor again just talking about like life since then 
We It's been so long since we've seen her, and Survivor has been such a big part of her life every step of the way. It's not like it ever went away. Rob has been playing Survivor throughout the years, and you know he took a little bit of a break between All-Stars and then Heroes versus Villains, and then obviously from the time that he won that one until now, coming back out for season 39, uh, there was obviously a big gap there, but Survivor never goes away Like for them. They were always watching the show. Rob wrote a book, uh, the Boston Rob Rulebook, about things that happened on Survivor. It's just always been there, so I, I'm very excited to hear from Amber's perspective like how this journey has been for both of them as both of them are now winners of the game and both of them uh, you know have kids growing up that are just excited to be watching them play the game I think it'll be a really good story hopefully well uh, not hopefully they last long because even if they don't we'll see plenty of them on uh, you know the edge of extinction talking about uh, anything that we need to hear from them so that should be a fun time I agree that you know the winner deserves to win so good on Amber for winning here uh, it's a pretty fun reunion I would say for the most part besides the Jerry yeah, stuff I- yeah, so let's let's get into the reunion and then we'll talk a little bit at the end more about season 40. But so the reunion, um, the reunion, it, it was fine. It, it's, you know, there's a little bit of, OK, let's uh, let's look at that ring again and uh, let's talk about the game and let's talk about Lex and stuff. So let, let's get let's get out of the way. Some of the sort of less fun stuff. Yeah, there's um, there's obviously, I guess, like the number one thing that happened uh, that wasn't so fun is tensions kind of building up throughout the reunion as they go on and uh, there's a couple of arguments that are going on not arguments but like Lex starts getting into it with the whole uh, what was different between the Ethan and Colby thing versus the thing with Rob and then Hatch jumps in and just as all of this is going eventually Jerry's gonna jump in and uh, she just this like line that's like I I don't have it verbatim but uh, she's talking about how this whole thing is making me so sick it's a show about entertainment and it it comes at a price uh, and that price is like our feelings our emotions and she's just getting super deep with it everything and the audience is is just booing their faces off and that's just the number one part of this where it's just like all right this is getting ugly and obviously as we know uh jerry ends up leaving during a commercial break this thing with jerry is something that i actually always think happened in her first season and not this season and i'm always surprised even though i've seen this season so many times i'm always surprised when i get to this reunion and go oh this is the this is the season she leaves uh the reunion because because jerry was she was the original original female villain on Survivor, which is kind of funny when you actually watch her seasons and see that she's more sort of <laughs> annoying than really villainous in the in the first two go-rounds. But yeah, I I think that she, her point isn't taken well by the audience because they don't want to hear that these are real people and they, they want to just look at the characters and, you know, they say, you signed up for this show, you deserve whatever reaction you get, basically, which I also understand to some extent. But, but Jerry has a point, like, we're, we're we're here to make TV, but we are real people and maybe like understand that we are, that our lives do blend into this show to some extent. And that's why there have been hard feelings. So it's hard to watch. And I'm, I I feel, I feel really bad for Jerry that she has to deal with this because it kind of proves her point. (laughs) We are people here Mm -hmm. and we're going to be upset by the audience. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's rough to watch as they're getting so upset, like especially Jerry getting so upset about all this, but like, this is something that is just as, as time has gone on as a show, this has just become a concept that the audience does not understand. And and I wish that I could say that it's gotten any better, but it hasn't. And I think a lot of that has to do with the audience being so young. There's so many so many fans that are in high school and middle school that watch the show. And now that social media has become a thing, like imagine Jerry playing in a modern season. Obviously, there was internet, you know, there was internet back then. But even in Heroes versus Villains, I'm sure she got a lot of messages that probably weren't the nicest. But, uh, but I just can't even imagine like in today's climate 
climate. Like just in today's world, playing with social media, I feel so bad for all of these players, the ones who just are, are completely innocent. Obviously, there's players out there who were doing some uh, pretty terrible things in the year 2019, deserve every single message that they might be getting. But there are players who are just playing the game and somebody like an Angelina from uh, two seasons ago probably did not. Uh, I know for a fact that she did not get she got some pretty hateful things sent to her throughout the season just because she was playing in a way that didn't make other people didn't make people happy or whatever it was so it's rough that they've been dealing with this since the beginning and you know there isn't really a solution that's popped up over time to make it any better for them but I guess that comes with the territory I guess that comes with playing the game it just sucks it does and it's it's the biggest detractor for me when I think about how I would play the game on any any of these reality shows is just thinking about the fan reaction Mm -hmm. so it's a bummer but it, it exists and it's it's part of the world so yeah so so jerry's booed off and she ends up leaving uh rob and tom seem to to make amends some amount i know that there's they're not really friends nowadays or anything they'll take a picture together when they're at uh you know events but that's about it very similar to rob and lex yeah so jeff just kind of says like are any chance of a reconciliation and uh tom's like well the game's the game but i draw the line when you talk about my family and obviously there was a lot of comments that rob made about Bo when they were out there for the family visit and Tom's like you insult my family like that's not okay and Jeff is like well Bo was brought into the game so he did become part of the game so does that have any like impact on any of this and Tom's like no he's insulted my son and there's no reason to and Tom even at one point says like he insulted my family because he ain't got one I was like what? Rob's got a family and he just grew his family like by two uh, now that he, him and Amber are engaged so I don't know about that I don't know if that's quite what he was going for but uh, you know they go into a little bit about how was the name calling all in good fun or was it like serious and Rob says well from day one Tom called me pony uh, he said that you're my pony and I'm going to ride you to the end and whether it was you know him calling him dumbass was like a term of endearment or whatever it was like it did seem like it was a joking kind of way out there and all of a sudden now they're taking it in the worst possible way so everybody's upset nobody's feeling great about it but eventually Rob does apologize uh, he says I'm sorry if I offended Bo if I offended your family I do apologize. He reaches out his hand, kind of the opposite of what happens at tribal council. He leaves his hand there. Tom doesn't grab it right away. Tom says it takes a big man to say he's wrong, but he needs to like get his entire words out before he can reach in to shake Rob's hand back. So Rob's standing there for or sitting there for like a good 60 seconds awkwardly with his hand out across uh, Jenna and Rupert with nothing happening. But they eventually do shake hands. And like you said, I don't really think this goes a long way in making them friends again, but I guess at least they were civil by the end of this. Yeah, and this is something that's also always kind of awkward when you think about like the fact that Rob and Amber have this proposal and they win the game and then they have to deal with some of this negative feelings. It's kind of a mixed bag of a day. Uh, I'm sure that they probably after the reunion was over were like all right well that's done now time to go back to celebrating Mm -hmm. but it is a little bit weird. Yeah we also have at the the very beginning of this which we uh, passed over a little bit they do check in with what would happen if the vote was Rob versus Jenna. So Jeff asks the jury so if Rob did decide to cut Amber and take Jenna here, would, who would have switched their vote? And Sheehan is the only one who raises her hand and says that she would have switched her vote. She would not have voted for Amber to win. Well, she would not have voted for Jenna to win. So Rob would have ended up winning that four to three. Everybody else says that they would have kept their votes the same. So I don't know if I believe that Big Tom would have voted for Jenna over Rob, but I guess he was pretty upset. So I guess that is the case. But Rob, you know, I guess a million dollar mistake there. But also, I think, at, like I said, at that point, he was they they felt strong about their relationship, Rob and Amber, and he wanted to make sure that the two of them got to the end. And of course, that million dollars, now that they're engaged, ends up kind of becoming both of theirs. I think 
the thing is that Rupert should have switched his vote, right? Rupert would have voted for Jenna, you would think. He voted for Rob. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. I, I think I think depending on how Jenna spoke, if she was able to get out some of her determination to win the game, I, I really I, think I really don't think Alicia's so. voting for Jenna. Yeah, it, it's tricky. I think it's definitely still probably four three either way. But I don't know. I don't know what I could have seen. She and voting for Jenna though potentially. Well, they really didn't get along either though. Yeah. What should Rob have done there? I think he was fine with the move to cut Jenna and take Amber because worst case scenario possibly being that Jenna wins a million dollars and Rob and Amber go home with nothing. That's not something that I would be willing to risk. So I think I would make the same move that he did uh, every time. Yeah, and if he's if he really thinks that even at that point on the island, I know that obviously it's only 39 days, but if he thinks that there's a somewhat possibility that him and Amber end up together, better to have, you know, I think the rewards were actually boosted up a bit. So I think second place got a bit more than $100,000 mm-hmm. this season. So over a million dollars together if uh, if he takes Amber and uh, potentially just, you know, around $100,000 if he takes Jenna. So definitely long run, uh, the better decision. We get check-ins with everybody throughout the night as well. A lot of people are finding love out there. So we go to a couple different people. Jenna and Ethan are now together, which is a fun little development that was kind of overshadowed by Robin Amber, but that was a thing for a while. Obviously, they spent a lot of time as a couple. And then you also have uh, Richard Hatch found love where he was on the pre-jury trip by himself because we know how that played out if you know if you've listened to any of Rob's stories over the years and uh, Richard found love with a guy behind a reception desk and they've been together ever since I know that they are no longer together but they were together for a while and then we also have Jenna who is just got engaged and there was one more oh Sue was in like uh, she was like oh it's like my something year anniversary with my husband so everybody was doing well on that end yeah nice um mostly here well a couple interesting ones just sort of behind the scenes gossip there's obviously the whole sex tape scandal that's going to come out with Jenna Lewis after a while that I'm pretty sure is with this uh this husband <laughs> so that's a that's a weird one that happens <laughs> and then of course there's the Sue Hawk got a makeover thing which is fine and then Jenna and Ethan is the the main one that always sort of interested me because they were sort of the Survivor All-Stars B couple for <laughs> a while there they they go on to be on the amazing race together as well much like Robin Amber do they one that I vividly remember is they were some of the quote-unquote like celebrity rich people guests on The Apprentice one time on a season that Richard Hatch was on where they were supposed to be inviting their rich celebrity friends to things and Richard Hatch invites Jenna and Ethan which is a is a thoughtful moment even though they're clearly not really uh, wealthy in the same way that The Apprentice needs for donations but yeah they were together for I think uh, like over 10 years so it was, yeah, it was, a, a, it was a long time it was a pretty big deal time. when they when they did break up so I remember that very well what else so yeah and I mean besides that we also get the other big event that happens at this reunion which was not the big announcement the car that we were giving away one more car before the night is up which like I said uh, is not the big announcement uh, Jeff is going to make sure to tell us many times that they you know they've been hyping up whatever this announcement was going to be before the reunion and then at the reunion the engagement happens and Jeff's like nope that's not it and then the car giveaway comes nope that's not it but they are going to give away another car here so if the two wasn't enough on the season we have one more to give away and it's going to be Amber's to give to whoever she wants yep so she gives it to Sheehan who was the uh, tiebreaker the person who I guess voted in her favor and uh, honestly you know what that was a fine decision yeah I'm okay it, it. Sheehan was being like the most reasonable level-headed about all of this everybody else on the jury is like uh, completely out of their 
minds. I mean, Rupert and Jenna are not really in that category, but I guess rather than picking between, well, first of all, both of them voted for Rob, so that's one thing. But maybe bet- rather than picking between people that were in their alliance, she feels better about just giving it to Sheehan, who, like I said, has been pretty reasonable and, you know, is is being very nice to them. So I, I agree. I think that's a fine pick. And uh, anything else besides we're going to get this announcement about uh, what's coming up next week? Nothing too much. I, I guess Rob's sister Nino gets promoted in his seating. He's uh, sitting between Sue and Rich. Yeah, we got to break that up for, a little bit. Yeah, for, for reasons, obviously. Eh, nothing nothing too, too much else. Sue does look good. Rob, uh, yeah. Jeff, why do I keep calling Jeff Rob? Uh, I think it's because it's the host of the show. And in my, and, I, and when I say Rob, I think I'm talking about <laughs> Sister Nino. I, I think when I just associate the host of a show, I just immediately go to Rob C. And I keep trying to say that, but I'm, tr- I'm going for Jeff. So, oh my God, I can't get that out of my head. So Jeff talks to Sue about how she looks great. And he like calls her out for every procedure that she might have gotten done. And Sue's like, yeah, 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 I did all of those. Yeah. Like, what are you asking me for? Kind of thing. But I guess I guess we're still doing that. Look, this has been a bit on multiple reunions of the let's call out the plastic surgery people have gotten. And there is absolutely no reason no, for this. Let's, no. let's please stop. It's it's uncomfortable Especially, every like, single time. If you want to say like, oh, like you're looking great. Like, sure. I, I don't if you, if you even need to throw that in, whatever. But like the fact that he literally asks her like specifics like, oh, you get this done. You get lipo done. Like, what are you asking? I don't but know. Whatever. So we yeah. That and the other uncomfortable thing is, look, guys, we had a nice thing. Rob and Amber, they can get engaged. No more engagements on the the reunion show, particularly if the person you're getting engaged to was not also on the season mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, that's that's going to happen later down the road. Let's stop. Let's uh, let's save it. All right. You got anything from America's Tribal Council? Yeah, so America's Tribal Council has announced at the end of the reunion we're going to be giving away $1 million to whoever you decide, America, is your favorite player from this season. It could be anybody you want. Basically, the title of this is America's Tribal Council, semicolon, let's just give Rupert a million dollars because he's not going to win it any other way. So uh, we get to to this event, which is a, a week later, or not a week later. They record the reunions on uh, Sundays back in the day, uh, and then this was going to be the following Thursday. So not sure how they like worked this all out with like telling. I get maybe they told everybody we need you guys here until Thursday or Friday because we're doing press all week or something like that. But they obviously had everybody planned to still be in New York for that entire week. If they do finales these days, once everybody's done, like they're free to go. Uh, you know, nobody has to stick around. So uh, that must have been worked out, you know, beforehand. But we do have this America's Tribal Council, which is a couple days later. All the castaways got to go and record a video to pitch their reasons as to why they should be the winner, which all of these are on the DVD. I did not go back and watch them, but I have watched them a couple times before. It's just them pleading their case as to why they deserve to win this extra million dollars. And of course, as I said, Rupert is going to end up winning it. Yeah, so in the real time, I don't remember watching America's Tribal Council. I have since watched it, but uh, you know, in addition to this million dollar prize give out, there's also sort of fan awards uh, superlatives given to different players in different seasons and that part's a lot more interesting and fun to me than the million dollar during the time gosh I don't even know if the, when this aired if I watched it I seem to remember finding out that Rupert had won either in passing that someone told me or potentially seeing it in a magazine seems like something because I remember I remember pretty vividly Rupert in a tie-dye shirt and uh, and Laura and Rhea in a magazine and so I think that that had to do with with this uh, America's Tribal Council so I remember that Rupert won but I didn't remember anything else. So do you have anything to say about the whole Rupert winning portion? Or? No, I definitely remember remember watching this play out just because, uh, it, it, I don't know, this was, I, like I said a couple times in the first section of this, that
that this was my first season of the show. So the fact that we were like done with the season and then getting more of Survivor All-Stars, that was just like, this is the best thing ever. So yeah, with in terms of specifically with Rupert winning, no surprise at all, even when they get to the end. So the final four guys here, uh, I, I say guys because there was no women who made it to the, uh, the top four spots. I, I think they definitely should have done like top two women, top two men, but they, they decided not to do that. So they just went with the top four vote getters, which are going to be Colby. Eventually, uh, they reveal it one by one. So it's Colby first, Big Tom second, Rupert third, and then Boston Rob is in the is in the fourth spot. And Rob even says as soon as he gets picked, he's like, yeah, I mean, I know America loves Rupert a lot. So uh, this is probably going to be him, but glad that they voted for me. I think they appreciated my game. So everybody and their mother knows that Rupert is going to be the winner here. So no surprise, but they're going to get him a check and Laura Bonham is going to make her like second or third appearance by this point and uh, get a nice big check to take home. Yeah. So a couple things. Colby, I don't know why he's in this top four. The sexiest survivor guy. Give me like anyone else besides Colby. He he didn't he didn't do anything this season to deserve this. Although I don't I don't know. I think Rob is the only one probably from this season to to put him in this position. I think the other three people got put in this position much more because of their previous season runs. I think Rupert, the Rupert Love in particular, if you objectively just look at these you know, seasons of Pearl Islands and All Stars, even though Rupert makes it fall farther in All Stars, he is a much bigger, more interesting, fun character in Pearl Islands. So uh-huh. I think that especially that with those two seasons being back to back, I think the Rupert Love mostly came from that season. Yeah. So other things that are going on here are Jerry is actually here. She left the reunion, but she's back here for this special because there's a chance for a million dollars, which she knows that she's never going to win, but she's back. And Jeff kind of calls her out on leaving last time and says like, so I heard you're mad at me. And she says, well, I didn't feel like the audience was kept under control enough to make us all feel safe. So that's kind of what my issue was, but whatever. And then Jeff is like, all right, well, I think I do apologize for that. I I wish, you know, you guys felt better because Jerry's like, well, we're the stars of the show. And Jeff is like, all right, well, yeah, but the audience is also like the only reason that we have a show. So we need to keep everybody happy. So whatever. But he's like, all right, well, if there's anybody here that doesn't want to be here, as far as I'm concerned, you are free to go. Otherwise, I don't want to hear about it later. And I was like, ooh, that's a dig. But nobody leaves. They all stick around. And like you said, there are some superlatives that we're going to get to. So those are kind of fun. Yeah, overall, just a cute little like episode. There's nothing too special that happens here, but it's just some extra bonus content. Let's just go through the winners here of each category. Best Survivor Fights, Rupert versus Johnny Fairplay. I think that that one is the most entertaining yelling fight. Glad to see that we don't have Ted versus Gondio winning or Boston Rob versus Lex. I mean, I I think the Alicia versus Kimmy is probably my second favorite of the Survivor Fights in this this grouping. So that's that's pretty good. (laughs) Uh, I I like the just sort of loud, completely just in-game yelling for kind of no reason. That's fun. Sexiest Survivor Man, like you said, Colby Donaldson. Not really any surprises here. I guess Rob Zabotnik, a little bit out there. Uh, Props to Andrew Savage for being on this list. Hunter Ellis makes an appearance despite being voted out so early. Alex Bell. There there was a lot of candidates for like, usually you would expect like two or three or four candidates for like a single category, but there were like eight options for each thing. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, Hottest Survivor Woman, who is the hot girl summer of 2004. (laughs) Let's see. Heidi, Jenna, Colleen, Elizabeth, Jerry, Sarah Jones, uh, Alicia, Aaron Collins. Wow, forgot about her. And Dawn. 
Zara. Who wins? Amber. Amber, Amber Burkich. Mariano is the winner of the sexiest survivor woman. Yeah, I think that's fine. Uh, the gratuitous shots are something. Of this grouping, though, the sexiest survivor woman shot is got to be that um, Dara showering scene. Yeah, and Jeff's, Jeff's going to go to uh, to Rob and say, all right, Mariano, so what do you think about this? Uh, she just got the million. She's the sexiest survivor woman, and she's yours. And Rob's like, yeah, you got that right right there. She's mine. So, yeah, broy moment between those two. Can't get enough of those. Well, can't, can't get enough of them. Best survivor villain is going to go to Johnny Fairplay. Shout out to Jerry for being the only female villain on this list. I appreciate the fact that Rob Sesternino is considered a villain. Mm-hmm. And so good good for him for getting some shout outs there. Yeah, also uh, later at one point, it might have been earlier, but they go to Rob about the hot women category. And Jeff says to him, so Rob, how important are hot women to playing Survivor? Because obviously he played in Amazon with a whole uh, Heidi and Jenna thing. And Rob's like, oh, it's very important. Like you need to have the, the, the hot women out there. Like it's a very strange comment. And then Jeff's like, oh, well, you, you got yourself a much more attractive or something girlfriend than you would have gotten if you hadn't been on Survivor, right? Which is, I guess, the first Nicole Sesternino reference on Survivor, which I did not expect to hear after uh, all these years of now knowing Rob and Nicole. It was very strange to go back and hear that. But yeah, the uh, the well, Nicole Palmieri at the time gets a reference on the show. Yeah, I, uh, I had forgotten that she got a, a reference there. I think in my memory when I watched it, I, I don't know if I've rewatched this season since I have personally known Rob and Nicole. So that's um mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting. Strange, I, yeah. yeah, I guess I never really put two and two together, but it's interesting. Uh, I you know, hey, um, Nicole, Con- congrats, Nicole, you, congrats. you made it on the show. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, most memorable moment for these, we have the Sue Hawk rats and snake speech, the Michael Scoopin falling in the fire, Jenna and Heidi stripping naked for chocolate and peanut butter, Johnny Fairplay bringing a friend to visit to claim his grandma had died, and then Rupert stealing the shoes belonging to the Morgan tribe. This one, there is absolutely no reason why Rupert stealing the shoes is the most memorable moment. No. That's just that's just incorrect. It's just we gotta give Rupert every single word possible, so. Yeah, that's not true. Out of these, I would say the most legitimately memorable, the thing that if you asked most people, it was, I mean, you know. It's the fair play. It's probably the fair play one. I would say that Scoopin' Falling in the Fire is a close second. I think a lot of people, if they don't even know Survivor, and you mention, oh, what do you know about Survivor? They go, ah, didn't didn't uh, someone fall in a fire and someone say their grandma died? I think those are probably the two yeah. the two big ones there. Maybe if it's a more recent person, they might mention Russell Hans, but at this time, I think those are definitely the two. So uh, at least they made the list. Yeah, yeah. And then you and then you got your fan favorite winner, Rupert. So congrats, Rupert. Yeah. Jeff's gonna sign the check on on his back because that's I guess what we're doing. But Jeff's gonna get uh, sorry, Rupert's gonna get his check, and uh, we're gonna close out the season of Survivor All Stars for good. This is uh, officially done, and now everybody can go back to their lives where Rob and Amber are going to go live happily ever after, and everybody else, uh, not so much for all of them, but uh, a lot of these people will be back, and like we said, there's three specifically on this cast that are going to be back in the year 2020. We are back in real time here, and we still have people from 2004 that were on this show that are going to be playing the game of Survivor again. Yeah, so it's crazy. It's not crazy to think of Rob going back, although I did think kind of after he had won, he didn't have a whole lot of reason to come back. I know I mentioned it earlier, but I think I stand by. I thought Rob and Sandra were on season 39 because they had declined season 40. I thought there was no chance ever that Amber was coming back, mostly 
because she does not need the hassle. She proved herself and uh, she's got four kids and a great life. What, what What's the reason to come back? And then uh, as for Ethan, mostly just uh, of these early players, I guess, I guess I get why people want Ethan back, but I just didn't think he really had any desire to play the game. So looking at these people and in, in thinking about in context of season 40, the main thing that I think is different here, Rob's reputation. Rob is now known, particularly from season 20 and 22, as being a really great player. I think almost no one looks at modern day Rob and thinks, even though he was on the villains tribe, like horrible villain. They don't look at him in the same way that someone like Lex and Kathy do. I think they look at him as just a very big, you know, strategic player and sort of godfather, but not a like mean person. I think most of that just has to do with age mm-hmm. and time. Agreed, yeah. So there's that. And then looking at Ethan, do you have any thoughts on how Ethan is going to be able to play in a modern version of Survivor since he is, uh, I, think, I think, the person coming back who has had the biggest gap potentially? Yeah, I, I feel like we might have talked about Ethan a little bit when he got voted out. Basically, the way that I feel about him is just that I don't know that he's going to be the most, the, like the, the most active player in season 40. I think he's probably watched throughout the years, but obviously he's been a little bit busy when he was uh, over the years as he's been battling cancer and just being involved in so many different charities and organizations. I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, he doesn't, he wasn't super involved in the community to the point where we were hearing from him on a regular basis. So I'm not too sure what his level of watching the show has been or keeping involved with like talking to people that are out there from season to season. So I don't know who he knows out of anybody on this cast. I mean, obviously he knows Robin Amber, but Robin Amber have a lot more people to work with. And I can't believe I'm saying that in like a real, like Robin Amber or like who they're going to be aligned with in a, in a coming season of show. It's so weird. Like coming out of my mouth, it just sounds so weird. Like they have Tyson and they have Sandra and they have all these friends that they've made over, over time. So I don't know if they're going to need Ethan, but if they do, I'm sure he's there because he has nobody else that uh, seems like a obvious grouping for him to work with. So this is so weird that it's going to be happening again, but uh, I'm excited to see what Ethan does, even if it's not like the most exciting game. I think it'll be fun to just see him out there. At the very least, I hope that he tries to play the game. I really, the biggest thing I don't want is Colby Heroes versus Villains Part 2 with just someone who is so out of touch and, and says that they don't know anyone and doesn't seem to really be trying as much. So, you know, low bar, but if he can do better than Colby, I will be super impressed. Uh, not not necessarily placement-wise, but just um, gameplay-wise. Yeah, plus, Colby just wasn't having any fun. Ethan is like kind of in this position where he has like almost like a new lease on life after overcoming everything he has overcome. So I feel like now he's getting his opportunity to go back to the game that started all of this for him and, and kind of gave him a platform to be able to do so many good things. So I think either way, he'll definitely get something out of it. And then in terms of Amber, I, I think the main thing that I would love to see from her is I would love to see what her connections are. Not her and Rob, but just her connections. I, I hope that we get some chance to see Amber thrive and play the game outside of just her and Rob. Um and see and see uh, her skills. Uh, I'm, re- I'm really curious to see what we're going to get there. I don't know if they're going to put Robin Amber on the same tribe or what, but that's something that I'm I'm very curious to see how it's going to go. I'm just so excited. Like just for everything season 40, it's like it's been coming for so long and it's getting so close. This season is about to end. If uh, anybody, uh, I don't think that you're going to be listening to this anytime super soon, but we're recording this in real time right before the season 39 finale. So we're about to get a preview for the first time of season 40 in a couple 
couple of days and very excited for that and just for the whole season. So yeah, it was a lot of fun to go look, go look back on this season since both of us are such big fans, maybe the only fans of Survivor All-Stars out there, but I had a great time going through all of it, watching Rob, Amber, Ethan's games uh, in preparation for what's coming up and just to get a chance to look back and talk about everything that happened and finally just get our thoughts out, even if uh, even if only like one person is going to listen to it. I feel like it was very good for both of us to be able to, to do this. Yeah, I, I always enjoy watching Survivor All-Stars, even in, in my family in general, even though a lot of my family members are a little bit more on the casual side of Survivor viewers. I had been watching episodes 9 through you know 14 last week, and my sister was around, and I know when she left and went home, she opened up her CBS All Access, which I think she's using my account, <laughs> but she just started playing the next episode, and she ended up watching these last two episodes as well, and, and just kept commenting about how much she loves Survivor All-Stars and how much it's one of her favorite seasons as well. So I, I think there are probably some fans out there, I, I hope. And, and even if there are some haters, I hope you enjoyed listening to this just to get some some different perspective. It's always good to, to branch out and hear what other people have to think. Absolutely. So thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this look back as much as we did. Feel free to leave any questions, comments, or feedback on our website, KowskiCast.com. It's Cal with K. Or on our Twitter, KowskiCast. Or you can check me out at Frail Mary, and you can follow Matt online at Matt Ligori for anything going on with that. Hopefully, you're looking forward to season 40 as much as we are. And uh, it's going to be a ride. So thank you for listening to this. And that's all. 